This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231, and that number is brought to you by our friends at SACL CAI. We'll tell you more about them a little bit later. 800-259-9231 is the number. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. That is the point of the show. In the absence of your calls, we, of course, will talk about things interesting to us. And one of the stories that I mentioned last night and we never had a chance to get to because of call volume, which is what the show's about, were the Urban Rangers from Sheffield First over in the United Kingdom. Not to say this couldn't happen here in the United States, so be very aware that uh, these kinds of ideas spread across uh, the globe. Bureaucrats like to watch the other bureaucrats in other countries to see what they're up to, to see what they're able to get away with, uh, with their populations. And so presuming the... And especially true um, in the English-speaking world, uh, you know, the laws tend to, you know, go that direction. Yeah, a lot of Western laws are very, very similar. And so we have seen kind of a trend in the UK that they seem to be moving toward a police state a a little faster then the excuse me, I guess you could say we're already in a police state, but they seem to be increasing the uh, the tyranny of the police state, the increasing the intrusiveness of the police state, uh, and the obviousness of the police state in the UK a little faster than is happening here in the United States. And you could chalk that up to a few things. You could chalk it up to the fact that you know their country has been around for longer. Um, they're probably just more established in that way as far as no the, bill of rights, the mindset of the people, no, uh, the, yeah, the, the system that maybe there are more checks and balances in the United States. Maybe it's just a little bit more difficult to, uh, to pass the tyranny through our system. Not to say it's that far behind. It's just barely trail. I think the U S is just barely trailing the, uh, the UK. So look for this program in the U S soon. Cause it's happening in the UK. Uh, the story from Sheffield first where life was spiraling out of control for Sheffield teenager, Anthony Thomas. Tomlinson, age 17, he had been kicked out of school without any qualifications because of his disruptive behavior. He said, I'd robbed from cars, I'd been locked up and stood on corners with my hood up, just like you read about. Thanks to his own determination to change and a groundbreaking pilot scheme, the Urban Rangers. Anthony's story today is very different. Urban Rangers received training in safety service, or excuse me, safety advice, working with the public and other skills such as first aid. They go out on patrol and to community events with staff such as firefighters, police community support officers, and city center ambassadors. The scheme is a brainchild of South Yorkshire Fire and Rescue Sheffield District Manager. How about that for a title? Richard Chandler, who said, The scheme is not about keeping kids off the streets. It's about getting them out there, showing people that they can play a part in building safer, stronger, and even greener neighborhoods. Anthony is now considered a role model for other urban rangers and is working toward a career in the fire service. He says, Because of the urban rangers, I would never go down that road again. And, you know, if you just look at that and and read that story, it sounds like this is great. I mean, they're helping turn troubled kids around and, uh, you know, giving them some responsibilities and Doesn't sound like the worst thing in the world. I mean, they're they're grooming him for a position in the bureaucracy, which, you know, I certainly could find better things that I would like the uh, young gentleman to be doing. But it beats him. Robbing cars, right? Yeah, yeah. That that I would. Well, well. Yeah, I guess it does beat him robbing cars, but it's not a big step up from there. Um, <laughs> He's providing a service to the community, whether or not that service is being vi- uh, provided voluntarily, voluntarily or not, and whether it's being provided at a uh, price commensurate to what the marketplace would provide. Well, but what kind of service is he providing? I mean, they say that they receive training in safety advice and working with the public as well as first aid, and that they go out on patrol. 
Now, if you look at the outfits of these people, Mark, have you seen what the police wear in the UK these days? They have that funny bobby hat, right? No, I don't think they still wear the bobby hat. Okay. Maybe they do. I don't know. I, I don't recall seeing photos of that recently, but uh, but I do re- remember seeing a lot of photos of them wearing bright, bright yellow vests. Oh, yeah. I they guess I've to, seen that. Yeah. They don't do that very often here in America unless they're in a construction zone or something. But over in the UK, they're very identifiable because of their neon kind of uh, construction yellow uh, vests that they're wearing. Yes. Now, the urban uh, rangers get their own yellow vests. Uh-huh. And, in fact, they're not really even vests. They're just big yellow coats uh, that say Urban Ranger on it. And they're showing here, uh, one of them is, has got some sort of pad of paper in her hands, uh, filling out something. I don't know if it's a ticket or, or what she's doing uh, in this photo, but they look very, uh, they, they, you know, they look very authoritative. Uh, you know, they're, so that, it's kind of like, it, it, it reminds me of the safety patrol. You remember that from, did they have safety patrol when you were in elementary school? No. Okay, that came after. Uh, but they have this safety patrol thing where the you know the goody two shoes kids basically are the ones that are are given the safety patrol badge. They get a little uh, a strap that goes across their chest and they get to wear a badge on there. And I've they, seen them and they, they you know they're trying to control the other kids, which always seemed odd and really didn't work very well. Well, it's kind of like an early version of the Urban Rangers program. I mean, basically training kids to uh, to get into the authoritarian roles. We've certainly talked about uh, the, what was it, the uh, Stanford Prison Experiment, I believe it was, where they had the, uh, they faked, they, they just set up a, a fake prison and guards and prisoners, and they were all college kids just that, that had been assigned, I think, by drawing straws, whether they were guard or prisoner. And they got right into their roles. You know, the, the, the guards ended up being sadistic and twisted, and the prisoners ended up being pathetic and uh, obedient. And so now they're creating a role for these, these troubled teenagers. I mean, these are kids that have had problems in the past. We already know that the government bureaucracy, especially uh, government positions of power like the police, tend to attract people that are in search of power over others. It's not, all, it's not true across the board. There are good people that get into policing for the, the right reasons, but there are also people that get into the uh, policing business because they know they'll be protected if they're doing crime. And so now they're bringing these so, young criminals into this organization and giving them the keys to power. That so kind of disturbs them, me. The, the making them sort of junior police. Yeah. And, then, um, and, and they're recruiting toughs in order to do this people that would be likely to solve their problems with violence mm-hmm. they're recruiting them into an organization of junior police uh, one would assume that the police would likely recruit from this organization for their uh, their squads also sure. one would assume that um, if you know a, you know somebody comes if the a police officer comes to the site where an urban ranger has taken care of a problem and there's somebody lying beaten on the sidewalk um, that they'll side with the urban ranger because cops do tend uh, to side with their their team, yep. the thin blue line, as it's called, and I, you know, I, I find this a disturbing trend. Yeah, so I, I think there's a little more to this story than uh, than meets the eye, so to speak. And uh, yeah, I am a little disturbed. Would love your input, especially if you're across the pond and you're a little more familiar, perhaps, with the Urban Rangers group. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Now, when I brought this up off the air last night, Mark, was it you that suggested the brown shirts? I did. Um, what the, were the brown shirts? Okay, understand my my view of history is uh, not entirely complete, but it's um, my understanding the brown shirts were essentially Hitler's gang that brought him to power, 
And then um, at the time, you know, they were you know, just just toughs, essentially. Mm-hmm. And would um, that be where the Hitler Youth would have ended up? Like, would some no, of them have ended Hit- up in the brown shirts? Uh, the Hitler Youth was pr- after um, the brown shirts. The brown okay. shirts brought him to power. To power, Hitler Youth. And came then later. when he really got power, he then brought on the black shirts, the Gestapo or whatever, to mm-hmm. then exterminate the brown shirts. Really? Yeah. Well, I don't know if they're going to do that to the Urban Rangers, but uh, they're already no. in power. Yeah, so, so would the Urban Rangers be a little bit more like the the Hitler Youth, do you think, or a little more yeah, powerful? Probably. I mean, if I, I don't, it's it's a it's a parallel one can't entirely draw at this no, point because you don't know. Hitler Youth was likely more like the Boy Scouts in that they uh, recruited fine young men for what they were doing and then twisted their minds as opposed to recruiting thugs and uh, employing them for their purposes. I I don't know what I think about this. I, it, I don't know what you can compare it to. I do find it disturbing. Well, I can, I can actually say. compare it to a story that we read, I think it was last year, about, I think it was in Kentucky, where they have this program for seven-year-olds or eight-year-olds, basically elementary school kids, that encourages them to snitch out on their neighbors. And kind of be like the eyes and ears of the government code enforcers when yeah. code enforcers aren't around. The, these urban ranger types seem very similar. That The program seems very similar. Like, they probably wouldn't be able to write you a ticket necessarily, but they are, esen- they are essentially an extension of the state and are the, the first order of uh, contact, if you will, with any troublemakers, I guess. Uh, anyone that is, of course, against the state. 800-259-9231. So if you see somebody walking around in all yellow in Great Britain, be careful. They'll probably snitch you out for something. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. More international news on the way. North Korea is uh, arming up, apparently. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features we give to you free, so enjoy those on us, including archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download. They are right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience, completely free at freetalklive.com. Again, that is freetalklive.com. Uh, plus, Free Talk Live is brought to you by SACL CAI. If you've got a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections, you need to get in touch with SACL CAI. Not only do they do collections, they also do early out billing and they purchase charged off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL C-A-I. A little bit more uh, from the international world, uh, the uh, South Korea stories out of South Korea, where North Korea has threatened Wednesday to wipe the United States off the map. <laughs> okay. <laughs> As Washington and its allies watch for the signs a regime will launch a series of missiles in the coming days, off China's coast, a U.S. destroyer, this is the Associated Press, by the way, was uh, tailing a North Korean ship suspected of transporting illicit weapons to Myanmar in what could be the first test of U.N. sanctions passed to punish the nation for an underground nuclear test last month. Uh, according to North Korean Central News Agency, I love this quote. I mean, I, I don't like North Korea, but this is a really, I think it's a great quote. If the U.S. imperialists start another war, the army and the people of Korea will wipe out the aggressors on the globe once and for all, according to their central news agency. 
And I have to say that, I mean, they're, they're pumping this story up in the news. It's one of the top stories at the Drudge Report, for instance. The story is being pumped up as though North Korea is rattling their saber at the United States. The and tiny, and, tiny little saber. And threatening the United States. And first of all, this, I mean, from, my, from what little I've paid attention to North Korea over the years, they've kind of always had that saber rattling flavor to them. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if this is really any different from that. But it's not really a threat, is it? I mean, that's kind of more of a promise. That's not, you, United States, better do this or we're going to do, uh, you know, we're going to hurt you. This is, if you aggress against another country, we're going to destroy you. So is that a threat or is that more of like uh, we're going to f- a promise that they're going to fulfill? I, I, Whether they fulfill it or not is another question. I, I, it, it's, to me, the, the, the statement, the way it is made, is a completely legitimate statement. However, yeah. those people are nuts. And the, the Korean, Kim Jong-il has a silly haircut. Oh, he's a very silly looking man. There's, there's no doubt about it. And his country is a, is a crap hole. Yes. <laughs> but... It, that said, and it should stand as a testament to those that believe that the government can solve problems because it is the the the, yes. the most controlling totalitarian state on the planet, and it is it's crap hole. I mean, you wouldn't want to live there. People people they try to get out, but have they a difficult can't. time getting good water there. Yeah, they have barbed wire up on the beach. They don't want you to leave North Korea. And so I just thought it was interesting to, you know, to share that because of the spin that's on this story. I mean, they're spinning it as though North Korea is this dangerous threat. But in point of fact, they're just responding to the aggression of the United States government with that statement. That's all that sounds like to me. I, 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 guess, I guess you're right. I mean, you know, it's 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 a silly thing to say. I go, why would you why would you say that? Uh, but maybe it's just the way they're viewing things. I don't know. Of course, then again, there have been uh, rumblings about them possibly shooting a missile at Hawaii. I, I can't say for sure. I know exactly what uh, what that's all about. Uh, if if that is going to be something they the do, suggested that they're going to test a missile by shooting it at Hawaii, but not actually going to hit Hawaii because the missile won't go that far. Yeah, it's my understanding the missile will not go that far. But I I, I just don't know if that was also in response to if the U.S. invades. So if you in, invade Iran, for instance, then they would launch the missile. I'm not sure if there was also a caveat on that particular threat as well. I don't have the details on that in front of me. But nonetheless, uh, clearly the North Koreans are not threatening the United States. They're only threatening retaliatory violence if the U.S. invades another country, which not that I uh, support North Korea, but I can't say I disagree with uh, with their position in that particular case. I, I I guess I have to to take the same stance. I mean that that particular statement, you know, if that's all there is to the story, that statement doesn't mean anything to me because the United States shouldn't be aggressing against people. Then again, um, when it, it depends on what measure you use for aggression. What is aggression? Who knows? One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. Other news related to around the world. Mark, you've got an email. We had a guy call in the show last night, Mike from Slovakia. He had told uh, he told us his story about how he would essentially rescinded his citizenship of the United States and did not subsequently apply for citizenship in Slovakia, which is uh, the place in which he resides at, at this time. And so he's a man without a state. Right, right. I, I just found it a very interesting story. I've never heard of anything quite like that before, and apparently he's managing to get by in Slovakia. They're not, they haven't kicked him out or anything like that. 
Uh, so you had an email that was a response yeah. to his call. It's uh, you know, it's an interesting position he's taken. And I think the the man without a state part is a is, is fun little PR. You know, it's a fun place to be. But uh, this uh, Johnny uh, feels differently. Hi, Mark. <clears throat> in my humble opinion, the stateless person who called in on the uh, you know yesterday's show said that he was living there in Slovakia because it doesn't inflict torture like the U.S. government does, but in fact, Slovakia is just a state of the EU now and isn't really any more sovereign than California is um, from the American Union. And their central bank was just taken over by the European Central Bank, their Federal Reserve, and have uh, ECB notes as of uh, one two thousand and nine. Um, what's that? ECB. European, I have no idea. Eh, probably the euros. European Central Bank. I'm not sure. Yep. Um, if you look at the Afghan War, and the U.S. has a total of twenty six thousand people, Californians, Texans, and New Hampshire. I don't know which member states the military regiments come from, but I guess that's the uh, people that were there in the Afghan War. Um, of the Euro states, there are 27,963 people, of which his Slovak state has 230 soldiers. Are he's, we talking about what's going on right now in Afghanistan? That's, that's what, the way he's making it uh, okay. sound. I mean, he's, he's got sights here. I, I don't know whether gotcha. you know, all those things are true. I, th- these are the opinions of Johnny, not of Mark. Yeah. So um, he's paying taxes to the state, and they still do not have a federal income tax, but the states pay more, pay money to the EU, and in turn, his money still goes to the funding of torture and killing. Uh-oh. I think he's an idiot and made his life more complicated for nothing. Well, it's not very nice to call people uh, names like that. That's an ad hominem attack, and it's not really necessary. Uh, you can make your points without going that direction. Uh, that said, I, I can see where Mike was coming from, the guy who'd called. I mean, he was basically trying to distance himself as much as possible from a what he considered an undesirable element. Perhaps he you know, didn't really realize the involvement that uh, the EU apparently allegedly has. I didn't know that the EU was, uh, was that involved in, in Afghanistan. Did you? I, I, I don't know what the uh, the involvement. No, well, he's I don't. claiming the EU is yeah. involved, he, right? Yes, I don't know that. I, I can't. I cannot verify. He's citing or, a source, is he? Yes, not? he is. Yes, he is. Okay. So, um, he says if he really wants to make a statement, go to the EU Capitol House in Brussels and try the burning monk protest of Vietnam. If he really wants to make a statement, that will definitely get him some press coverage. It would. Um, it, you know, I thought that it was kind of funny that he says here he should have picked some place like Tahiti, Polynesia. At least he would have enjoyed the weather and tourism. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Also, I don't think either of those countries have troops in Afghanistan. I think Tahiti is part of Polynesia. Oh, okay. Shows you what I know. More on the way. You can bring up anything. Free Talk Live. Hey, this is Mike. This is Jamie from Wheels Off Liberty inviting you to join us on our weekly podcast about freedom that even two idiot rednecks like us can understand. Take it from the only two hosts that have been gay married, had an Xbox playing pot-induced honeymoon, and then got gay divorced. We believe in liberty for everyone. So join us every week on www.wheelsoffliberty.com for a one-of-a-kind take on liberty and freedom. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves just by dialing toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features are free, so enjoy those, including the Shrine of Female Listeners. So we've got dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. See that for yourself. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. Audible.com offers over 60,000 
downloadable audiobooks, magazines and radio shows for your iPod or MP3 player. You can try them out by downloading a free audiobook at audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. They've got just a whole bunch of books over there, 60,000 of them, and many of uh, the new bestsellers. Audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. If you've been thinking about trying out audiobooks, this is a great way to do it. You can take it with you. Audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. All right, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. So let's continue with the emails. Mark, yours was all, all wrapped up. There, yeah, right? mine's wrapped up. Uh, here's, here's one uh, for you. Uh, This one is Mark's Feelings About Atheism from Johan in Sweden. He says, I was listening to a recent edition, a podcast-only edition to the show, where Mark mentioned being an atheist back in the day had caused him to commit some kind of murder. I might have misunderstood, but I find this connection between not believing in God and killing someone absolutely ridiculous. What he does is up to him, and being religious generally doesn't keep people from committing violent acts. I'm not offended by his statements, but as far as I know, there have been studies done in the U.S. that confirms that atheists are the people who are the least trusted, and they seem to be the most persecuted religious group in that nation you live in. And statements that make links not and statements that make links between not believing in God and being more likely to commit criminal acts worries me. There is no such link. Actually, there have been studies showing it's the complete opposite. I don't want to whine, but I'd like some kind of explanation of what Mark meant. This is in no way meant as an attack on you guys on the show, but merely a question. Love the show. You're doing an awesome job from Johan. Yeah, Johan. You can, if, you, if you say something bad about atheists, you can be sure you're going to get an email. They, uh, they're, uh, uh, they, well, is that what you were suggesting? No. Or were you just talking about... It's actually the opposite, and I agree with most of the things that he said in there. Um, I don't know that atheists are more or less moral than anyone else, uh, but I do believe that there's not much link between believing in God and um, you know not committing crime. I, what I was pointing out is I think, in fact, that it was the swing, the the, the crap that I was told mm. um, from about religion. The pendulum swing, if you will. Right. And, and, I don't, and I'm not suggesting that Christianity is entirely wrong. I'm only saying that I think that there's uh, – that the Christianity today and the Christianity that I was taught is wrong. Um, and so when you'd come to that conclusion, you decided to go all the way in what I, you perceived as the other direction? Went, Through all this loving Jesus and all that, I'm going to – be a bad boy. Well, I, I didn't see any reason. If if the reason I was being good was because I didn't want to go to hell, yeah. and then I decided that there was, there was no, no hell, hell, then you know what what would be the reason for not wanting to be good? At that point, it would be I, I didn't have a foundation in being moral for morality's sake because religion doesn't teach that. Or for your Christi- own sake. Christianity I mean, doesn't teach morality for morality's sake because it's a good idea. They teach morality because you'll go to hell if you're a bad person, if right. you don't love Jesus. So it's not, they don't teach from the pra- practical aspects of you're good to people so they're good to you in return, the, you know, right. the silver they don't rule, teach that. so to speak. Uh, un- at, least, at least the religion that I had been taught or the way I perceived the teaching of the religion up until that point, yeah. I didn't get that out of it. And what I got Be was... Be good or you'll burn. That, that was essentially the reason. Um, and I think, it's a, I think it's a sad and silly way to teach people morality. Yeah. And I believe that, uh, you know, that I I believe that the, the well, life of crime that I got into in my late teens is as a result of the, the cockamamie crap that I was told in church. And when I rejected that, then I got myself involved in a bunch of stuff that I shouldn't have been involved in and then in a place where I shouldn't have been and as a result ended up in prison. 
I'm glad you uh, expounded upon that because it makes a lot. I think it makes what you're coming from makes a lot of sense. You know, in addition to uh, that particular teaching of well, if you're not good, you're going to burn forever. They uh, they they also say in a lot of religions that. If you just ask for forgiveness, then you're in pretty good shape. Doesn't matter what you've done, right? I, look, so. I spent eight years, six months, and twenty-one days in prison, and it is full of people that believe in Jesus. Mm. You know, believing in Jesus <laughs> doesn't keep people from committing crimes. It does it. It's a lot a, of the people in uh, Iraq and Afghanistan and uh, all, all over the world that are killing people believe in various religions. Well, yeah, that, that much. Jesus, particularly that, that too. But uh, the, the the Christians would likely say that that's okay because they're killing for the government's sake, and that's oh, yeah. all right. Um, and uh, Jesus loves the government. Apparently. Jesus loves government killing people. You got to render under Caesar what is Caesar's, and that includes the life of brown people all over the world. Um, but you know, the the uh, I, I think that that one of the reasons that Christians fear the idea of atheism is, in fact, and I'm I am not an atheist. I am uh, nor am I not I would, anymore. I, I consider myself to be a Quaker. Um, the but the people that that. The Christians fear atheists because atheists are immoral, so therefore they can do anything they want is the thought process there. Hmm. And I think that it's just the opposite, that atheists understand morality for morality's sake, for the practical ideas of morality. And I haven't met too many, I, I can't really think of any off the top of my head, immoral atheists. I have met many immoral Christians. Well said. 800-259-9231 if you want to contribute to that conversation. Otherwise, I'm going to go to another email here because I've had a few that have been burning up my inbox. This one from Andrew. He says, I often hear you refer to the monopoly on legitimate violence that the state has historically held. And you also made reference to the Second Amendment during that show. However, you should understand just what the Second Amendment is. Yes, it is all that you've described, the protection of our right to protect and defend ourselves from criminals and government. But you fall short of recognizing the significance. Because, uh, as we have pointed out before, the Second Amendment was originally in installed into the Constitution to not only protect your right to protect yourself, but also to protect, uh, to give you the ability to use guns on an overarching, overbearing state. I mean, that, that was it in theory. We know now that it doesn't work that way because the state has an aura of legitimacy, and if you use guns against the state, then you'll be seen as a madman. Uh, so he goes on to say that the Second Amendment deprives the state of a monopoly on violence. At least that was its intent. Had people stood their ground when the first gun law was enacted, we may still to this day live in a truly free country where there is no monopoly on the initiation of legitimate violence, as that power would be shared between the state and the people. It's still shared quite clearly, thus the state has in fact no such monopoly. Instead, there exists only the public perception of one, a consequence of government education, naturally. And I would agree with him. I would say he's right about that. It is a perception, but perception is reality, isn't it? Uh, well, that too. And I, I would say that the, you know, the sort of the chrono um, chronology of what he's uh, talking about, I have a little problem with. They didn't mean? step forward first with the gun laws. First, they stepped forward, stepped forward with what seems like a really good idea, a police force. Mm -hmm. Police forces were not really – I, I can't think of – I don't think any police forces were in place, um, you know, shortly you – know, uh, at, the, kind of, at the, the time of the signing of the Constitution or shortly thereafter. I don't think they existed anywhere near that. They came much later in the 1800s, just in the beginnings. So the idea – he's correct that the gun laws – were to allow people to protect themselves in the absence of some kind of police force. Uh, they were largely unheard of on the planet at that point. Mm -hmm. So first came the police, 
Then came the laws to limit, you know, the guys, you know, the police that had the carried the guns. And then came the laws that limited people, Americans, regular law-abiding citizens, from carrying guns and owning guns. So, uh, so what you're saying is that when they, the the police, the camel's nose under the tent was the, was the police basically, to where they used the police as an excuse to say, well, now that we've got these guys out here protecting you, you folks don't really need to protect yourself anymore. Was that kind of? The, do you think that was the pitch? I, I I think it's. I don't think it's the pitch, but I think that's what it's become. I don't think that police got in. You know that they started being police as a yeah. result or any of those things um, with the with the idea. But now. There are a great deal of people in this country, including many of them in, in government, that believe that the only people that should have guns are, are the government. The, the government. Uh, who, who else should have them? I remember uh, recently I was on a radio show here locally called Talkback, and one of the politicians called in to complain about a free stater. So they claimed. I don't know that they're a free stater, but let's say it's one of the, the, the crowd. Let's call them a liberty activist. Let's, okay, the crowd of liberty activists that are uh, here in town was carrying a gun and a um, was wearing a gun was open carrying in a city council meeting mm-hmm. and she was very upset with the idea of this because only, the only people that should be able to carry are the trained police officers. Toll free number is 800-259-9231 that's the SACL CAI toll free and of course they uh, go after the criminals first and they'll say that well a criminal shouldn't be able to have guns and who would disagree with that? Well we would more on the way you bring this is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free at 800-259-9231. the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. There are a lot of features on our website. We give them all away for free, but if you enjoy this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We'll take that money in, reinvest it into the show, get on more radio stations around the country, bring more internet listeners on board, and expose new people to the ideas of freedom. So head on over to amp.freetalklive.com, get on board uh, for as little as 3 bucks a month, and get access to perks like the amp-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. And, of course, we've talked to you in the past about some of the things that we're doing on a regular basis with the uh, the amp dollars. But sometimes there are irregular things that will just pop up, like the guys over at MotorhomeDiaries.com. I don't know if, y'all, if you've been paying attention, uh, but if you haven't, you, you, deserve, you owe it to yourself to go and take a look at their website. It's really uh, great what Jason and Pete and Adam are doing at MotorhomeDiaries.com. They're driving around the country in an RV. And they're talking about freedom, and they're meeting up with other liberty-minded people, and they're doing video blogs and interviewing interesting liberty activists from around the country, and just bringing people together. And, it's, and of course, they're also free staters, so they're going to move here to, to Keene, uh, New Hampshire, after they're all finished and done with the Motorhome Diaries. But in the meantime, they've got a lot of driving to do. They've only been at it for about 10 weeks at this point, and they're going to be doing it for the rest of the year. So one of the things they've decided to do is to use the motorhome that they have, affectionately named Marv, uh, they're going to be using the motorhome as an advertising venue, and they had already painted it uh, in, a, in a yellow and black, which are kind of the anarcho-capitalist colors, I guess, and they painted, uh, painted their Motorhome Diaries logo on there, but as of, I think, this morning or yesterday, they had some some of those graphic things attached to the the actual motorhome. I'm not sure what they're made out of. I believe it's vinyl, but I'm not positive on that. I'm sure you've seen them like on bus windows and things like that. Looks like vinyl to me. Yeah. So it looks really sharp, and they have graciously allowed us to sponsor the Motorhome Diaries. So Free Talk Live's logo and also freekeen.com will be on the side of Marv 
as they drive around the country for thousands upon thousands upon thousands of miles and meet up with all kinds of liberty-minded people, many of whom might not have heard of Free Talk Live, though, of course, they are reporting that a significant number of the people that they're meeting up with around the country are citing Free Talk Live as how they heard about the Motorhome Diaries. So that's good news. Yeah, we have but, a whole bunch of listeners out there. God bless them. Thanks to Pete and uh, and Jason and Adam for, for putting us on, uh, for reserving the space for Free Talk Live and allowing us to get behind them, because I think it's one of the most ex- I think the Motorhome Diaries is one of the most exciting, liberty-oriented activist events that has happened outside of New Hampshire. Are they going to be times. at Porkfest tomorrow? They are heading up tomorrow, as are we. As are we, yes. So, pretty cool. All right, 800-259-9231. By the way, one more quick point. I don't think I was too clear when I was talking about criminals having guns. I mean the criminals that are out of jail and have so-called served their time. That That's kind of the, the easy in for the government to gun control legislation. Sure. Is to I mean, who wants a convicted armed robber to be able to possess a gun to have a concealed weapon? Does that make any sense? Well... You know, I, I can I can see a point on that, but at the same time, if that armed robber who's now served his time, his debt to society, even though that debt, you know, I don't necessarily agree with how that debt is meted out, that he's served the debt that he has been given, and now he's a free man, shouldn't he be able to, I mean, don't you want him to reintegrate into society, have a I good do. job, uh, to you know, earn money, pay taxes, whatever it is that uh, people might want from and him? And be able to protect himself. He needs to be able to do that. He, you know, the fact is, 911 won't save you. Nope, or it, your family. It, it won't. The, the person that's responsible for protecting you is you. And... If a man can't own a gun to protect his family, then then you're creating this class of citizenry that is uh, susceptible to being, uh, you know, at the whim of whatever criminal might find out where they live and you know, and then what what they have in their home. Those all those things. So I just wanted to make that clear. I wasn't talking about well, criminals in jail should be able to pack heat. No, I I meant the ones that have been released and they're now moving on with their lives. Uh, so, but that's their easy in for gun control legislation, and then the next step from there, which they're working on, I think right now, aren't they? The uh, restricting crazy people, what they'll, what the state will deem as crazy people from having firearms, and of course, on its front, people will say, well, crazy people shouldn't have guns. Right. Everybody's seen a crazy person. Everybody, and, and I'm sure most people agree that person shouldn't have a gun. However, when the state starts labeling people as crazy, then they've got a whole different set of criteria than you might have. Liberty activists could be labeled as crazy very easily. You're crazy for not wanting the state. It, but, well, the, the, they could decide that uh, Republicans who want lower taxes, the people that are flying the, uh, the they've, they've decided that domestic terrorism can be defined as flying a Gadsden flag yeah, or something. Gadsden flag, don't tread yeah. on me flag. I mean, so it's that's, a slippery slope. that's what these people think are terrorists. What are they going to define as crazy? It's a it's a slippery slope. Let's continue with your phone calls, or actually start with your phone calls. Tom is in Montana listening to KGEZ. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live. Well, hello, guys. Uh, hey, most of the time I uh, agree with you, so I don't call much. It's kind of boring, you know, I guess, if you agree with everything. And, yeah, no one wants to hear and, the choir. Uh, Go yeah. ahead. I still do. As far as the guns go, I believe... Uh, Hey, uh, an armed society is a polite society. If everybody was armed, how many armed robberies would there be? Well, one thing's for sure. You guys get that in Montana. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, and, uh, you know, you guys were talking about religion a little bit ago. I heard one of you say you wasn't an atheist. Uh, I am not. I am. Yes, sir. Uh, I was I was married to a good Christian woman one time, most evil person I ever knew. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm married to a, a really nice atheist lady now. Uh mm-hmm. And I never could figure out why you had to have the promise of a reward at the end of life in order to live a good life. Um, 
most of my friends who are atheists are, are intelligent, thinking people. They've thought it all through. Um, yeah, I you get the reward right is, now. The, huh? the, the rewards are available to you right now. I mean, if you live a good life now, you uh, you get rewarded. If you're a, a crappy person now, you'll live a crappy life. I mean, it, the consequences are immediate, virtually immediate. Well, you know, there's two kinds of people in the world, period, whether you're Christian or not or what what nationality you are. You're either a good person or you're not. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I don't have to be a Christian to have a desire to be a good person. Um, and I think religion is a lot like your favorite sexual position. It's a it's a private thing, and I really don't want to hear about it. Thank God. So, anyway, that's my opinion. <laughs> well said tonight, Tom, and thank you for the for the call. Nice to hear that we're on uh, tonight on KGEZ. What a pleasant surprise. It's a good thing. Um, I don't know what he was disagreeing with, but uh, it, it's good to hear from him. I like what he had to say. Let's talk to Josh in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Josh. Hey, and Mark. How's it going? Josh, what's on your mind tonight? Um... It just got a bill in um, from the state, Uh-oh. New York, and uh, I owe them supposedly eleven hundred something dollars. Wow! Because I was two days late in filing my taxes. I had. Uh, oh my gosh! Wait, 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 wait! Point of information: Does the eleven hundred dollars include your taxes, or is that a no. fee for being late? Just a straight fee? Just well, there's a penalty charge of 500 something, 525, I believe, and then uh, interest was interest was like five, another 500, because uh, during uh, the when I had an extension from April 15th to October 15th, I didn't know that they charge you interest if you have an extension during the extension. Well, wait a minute, wait, wait. They okay, don't... so let me see if I've got this straight. If you file mm-hmm. for an extension. And then you're late in paying after the extension. Is that when they uh, charge you the interest? Or would you have had to pay the interest if you were on time with the extension? I would have had to pay the interest anyway, regardless. And what is that horrible squealing in the background? I have to know. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm actually at McDonald's right now. Oh, okay. Uh, let me squealing step things? I think it's the um, beeping, the food uh, okay. things that are beeping in the background. Uh, thank you for, for doing that. It makes the conversation a lot more follow, uh, followable. So, so you would have had to pay five hundred something dollars in interest had you paid on time, as far as what the extension end date was. But you went two days over, so then there was a five hundred something dollar fee tacked on to the existing five hundred dollar interest charge. Correct. And I don't owe any taxes on this. I have already paid it. You know, when I sent it in, I had paid my taxes. Say, so I had, you know, I paid my taxes, and now. They're asking for $1,125. Oh, let me make it clear. They're not asking you. Um, right. When right. you say They're you'd not. already paid the taxes, why did you have to file an extension if you'd already paid the taxes? I'm confused. Or were you just filing the paperwork? It's just... <laughs> what I'm saying is I paid the taxes when I sent it in on the, the 17th. Two I days late. I sent the check. When yes, you, two when days you, late. Okay, got it. I sent a check, so I paid it. Mm-hmm. Now they're sending me an extra bill of because I was two days late. I got oh, a five hundred dollar. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's just a tech. You know, they just added eleven hundred and twenty-five dollars, and I called them and I asked them if there's any way they could at least drop the penalty. It's, <laughs> it's so it's just so bizarre. Well, it never hurts and to like, ask. Well, you need a real reason. <laughs> Give me a reason. Well, what is a good reason? 
And I uh, because they asked that, they just can't. They they denied my request. Well, hey, welcome to the new uh, welcome to New York, right? I mean, it's it is the Empire State for a reason. I hope you can uh, get out of there someday, Josh, and come here to uh, New Hampshire, where we don't have those income tax things, at least not at the moment. Thank you for the call, and of course, the more people we can get here, the sooner, uh, the better, the least likely we'll ever get one. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And joining us tonight, special guest host... Johnson welcome, and Mark. Welcome back to the show, dude. Always good to have you here. Uh, Johnson, here. of course, has uh, been with the show for a long time, uh, off and on, on for a long time, off most of the time recently, because you've not been living in New Hampshire. You've been right. down in Connecticut, out to California, back to Connecticut, and you're up here uh, for the Porcupine Freedom Festival weekend. That's absolutely correct. Yep. And so good to have you dropping by here. For I'd like to show. point out that Johnson's been involved with Free Talk Live the whole time, doing uh, graphic design stuff, website stuff, uh, yes. you know, store I stuff. I meant on air. Merchandising, yeah. advertising, promotion. Yeah. All Johnson, Johnson is a, definitely a member of Free talk live and has been the entire time did you bring up merchandise with you by the way for the oh, pork yes. fest okay so <laughs> free talk live listeners who will be at the porcupine freedom festival will have the opportunity to purchase some free talk live stuff pretty much the only thing i didn't bring is hoodies okay so no hooded sweatshirts sorry it's the middle of summer you might if you if you've got a hoodie you might bring one to the pork fest because it is kind of cold at night from what i understand like in the the 50s uh i don't know i looked up i was looking up the weather i i, I was planning in advance and i looked up the weather and looked up the highs and lows uh through the forecasts and it's supposed to be actually pretty warm it's supposed to be in the low 80s during the day oh yeah this whole daytime. weekend it's going to be a beautiful weekend oh it's gonna be awesome i so, mean during the day it'll be shorts weather and then at night you'll want to put something a little bit warmer on to keep uh, keep a little generally cozy. how it is uh, for me at least that's I want, new hampshire for I want you long, long pants and uh, hoodie or something L- like long that. sleeves are generally a good idea just to keep the skeeters away yeah, I don't know if that'll keep the skeeters away. They'll they'll suck right through uh, something that's thin enough. Speaking of uh, hoodies, you'll have Free Talk Live hoodies. No, no I wasn't paying have. attention to what he just I, I said. Was, I was not. No, I was looking. What, what the hell? Are story. you playing video games? I'm not. I was looking <laughs> looking at this story about uh, what story Tesla. is it? it? Better be good. Oh, the Tesla thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's talk about the Tesla thing uh, since we're here and you're here as well. You're welcome to dial in 800-259-9231. Of course, still waiting to get a report from the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Those guys must be just having too much darn fun. Uh, we, of course, are going to be broadcasting live for the next few days starting on Thursday. So this will be our, lo- our last live show of the week from our normal studio. We'll give you more details on Porkfest here in a little bit. But 
It looks like, Mark, you were telling me earlier off the air that apparently Ford has decided to take the 30 pieces of silver. Uh, okay, so the car company, not the mad scientist. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, it's uh, more than 30 pieces of silver. It's uh, like 5 billion pieces of 5.9 billion mm. pieces of silver. Um, but it, the story is really about Tesla Motors, and they're taking money too. The electric car. Right, so which it, looks really cool, and they look sweet. We've said so many nice things about Tesla in the past, and now we're going to have to trash on them because right. this is awful. That's yep. the um, it, you know, and that's the reason I have the story is because we've said terrible things about GM and uh, and Chrysler. I get terrible things, but we've you know talked about them taking you know government becoming government motors and stuff like that. Well, it's the Obama administration will lend Tesla Motors four hundred and sixty-five million dollars to build an electric sedan with battery, uh, the battery packs needed to propel it. It's one of three loans totaling almost eight billion that the Department of Energy awarded Tuesday to spur the development of fuel-efficient vehicles. Okay, so it's half a half a billion dollars basically going to Tesla, but of the, your money, yes, of taxpayer yeah. money. The people that may or may not want an electrical ve- electric vehicle are going to be uh, providing this. But the big winner is Ford, walking away with a promise of 5.9, that's $6 billion in loans through 2011. The automaker says it will use the money to retool 11 factories in five states to build more efficient gasoline engines and electric vehicles. I don't care vehicles. what they're going to use it for. I, this is, I thought Ford was standing firm on not taking the government money. What happened here? That They had originally kind of toyed with the idea, and then they decided that they didn't want to have the government controlling their business because when with, government, with the government money, with the taxpayer money, comes the strings, and those strings have led to the complete government takeover of General Motors. I mean, this is, this is the end for Ford. Well, wait a minute, Ian. Didn't you hear about how this program was going to work? Uh, there's not going to be any actual government involvement, according to Obama. It's going to be a private organization. It's going to be a private association, a private... Uh, a, no, uh, what does that mean? Uh, like a, a private committee has been set up by the government. So the government is going to put all this money in and then have a private committee run by people in the audio industry that then basically become the government for this particular deal. Okay. So, so I guess they, it's not necessarily 100% well, wait government Wait a minute, but the money comes from, this, comes from the government. Oh, yeah, the money comes from the government, but apparently Obama to try and make people feel better is saying that, well, the government isn't... A, running it. It's not going to be bureaucrats running it. So, it's going to so be- there's a private, uh, essentially there's some sort of consortium of government connected people that are, you know, buddies with Obama and that are going to be essentially administrating the, the cash. I, I might assume that, but that's not what, how he phrased it. I mean, the yeah. way it was phrased was that it is um, apparently it's just, high, I guess, high level uh, executives and people who are in the automotive yeah. industry. I don't know if they're, what their affiliation is well, with you're gonna have bureaucrats. To be, I, I can only assume that. You they, have to be buddy-buddy <laughs> with yeah. uh, the administration in right. order to get assigned to a position like that. Just like how they fired the CEO of, was it Ford? No, GM. Chrysler. They fired the CEO of, I think it was, I thought it was GM. But anyway, okay. they fired one of those guys, and then they replaced him with their buddies, and they cleared out the board of directors, and they replaced them with their friends, too. So it's just been this kind of slow moving takeover of the American uh, many of the American automotive companies and and I guess Ford was initially they had said they didn't want the money but maybe they just got jealous maybe they felt like they needed to to feed at the trough the federal trough as well and so presuming that uh, they can't get their s together and pay the loan back 
then they're going to end up owned just like these other companies did. It'll be the same process over again where the government said, uh, well, we'll uh, waive this loan if you'll just give us ownership of your company. Or partial ownership of, of the company, which it's, turns into full ownership later on down the line. My understanding this this loan is a uh, uh, you know a longer duration than whatever they were dealing with in the past. So hopefully that won't happen for Ford. And I believe Ford did take some uh, stimulus money from the government uh, at, in the early 90s at one point. So that did not uh, spell the death knell, knell of uh, of Ford at that time. So you know were they failing miserably at that time? Yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't. I just. I'm, Taking the word of uh, somebody. Aren't they pretty much failing now, Ford? Ford? I don't know. I mean, why do they need the money? One might ask that question. What's really interesting to me is also that them giving money to Tesla along with these other uh, car companies, it's essentially a conflict of interest because what's going to happen is that you're going to have a company like Tesla put these other companies out of business. Presumably, presumably the Tesla company will do better with this uh, with this loan process than the other companies simply because they're not as dinosaur-like. Right. But, but all that said, it's still not their money, and so it's oh, I agree with that. I just treat it what the I same think way. is really interesting is how much of a even more of a waste the money is because you know, the you know there's money going to three different companies, but the money going to one of those companies yeah. is going to really kind of. To make the, the other, yeah, it's going to undermine the others if, and make that a, even a bigger waste. If they wanted to spur competition and uh, you know make it so that some car company was going to come out, uh, you know, making the cars that people need, they would allow in, they would restrict the the crash test criteria, which the United States has the highest in the world. Uh, they would restrict the crash test t- criteria and allow Tata Motors of India to come into the United States. They're the ones that make that little oh the two thousand dollar car. Or whatever? It's four thousand dollars, but it gets fifty six miles to the gallon. Yeah, it's, you know this rolling bread box, and it it you know <laughs> I, I, the fact is some people need that car. Hey, that would be a great car for drive around driving. Town. It, it, yeah, driving yeah. around. Town. I'm sure a lot of people would like to drive Tatas around town. <laughs> but you know, just uh, I went and googled Tesla CEO on their news section just to to look at this guy. Because I remember seeing a story, and maybe you'd sent me this, Johnson, about how the Tesla CEO, uh, in, a, in a recent news article from within the last month or two, had commented about how he thought the government should put him in charge of all of these automotive companies because he's so, you know, he believes he's so innovative. No, and, I didn't send that to you, but that's really interesting. Yeah, I couldn't find that story, but I did find this one. Tesla's CEO says gas should be $10 a gallon. Ugh. According to, this guy's a jerk. Uh, according to Tesla CEO Elon Musk, gas should be $10 a gallon. As Musk said on stage at the Wired Business Conference a few a couple weeks ago, he said, I'm anti-tax, but I'm pro-carbon tax. Huh? Ugh. Gasoline should be ten dollars per well, gallon. I'm not paying for tr- uh, for the true cost of gasoline at the pump, since nobody's explicitly paying for the CO2 capacity of the oceans and atmospheres. It's getting consumed. We'll pay for it down the road, but we're sort of ignoring it for now. I don't even know what he's really talking about. Uh, here, but it's hard. How could we possibly know what to do? The guy is advocating um, more taxes on gasoline so his company can benefit. Of course, you could point out that gas should actually cost more because it's heavily subsidized by the government, and that's a whole other story. More on the way. You bring up anything. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Joining you tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Johnson. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features, they're completely free, so enjoy those on us, including... 
the archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download. They're right there on the front page of the site. You get them free. Just they're there. You don't have to jump through any hoops. Just click and they're yours. Freetalklive.com. In fact, going back for an entire year free at freetalklive.com. Freedombookclub.com invites you to participate in their summer reading event. Go to freedombookclub.com and choose your preference from the four finalists. Then purchase our book of the month, or their book of the month. New winners are announced every month. Freedombookclub.com, making freedom a bestseller. That's freedombookclub.com. Yeah, that's their idea, is to make uh, freedom-oriented books, to run them to the top of, say, Amazon or the New York Times bestseller and get more people... You know, introduced to these these books as a result, and I think it's a really great idea. It's freedombookclub.com. So I'm going to get to a, a somewhat angry-sounding email. I don't think he's really angry, but he, he doesn't come across as uh, too too nice, I suppose. Just, Just kind poor of, social skills? Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> right. Ryan writes in here, and he, he does good in the beginning. Uh, he says, first off, I'd like to say, and this is directed at me, first off, I'd like to say that I enjoy the show. And I thank you for all that you do to advance the cause of liberty. I'd like to point out this podcast by Lou Rockwell entitled, Are You an Anarchist? I believe that you will find that you indeed are. Then he gives me the link. It makes no sense to me why you are so afraid of the term. Why not use your radio show to enlighten the masses that anarchy is simply nothing more than peace and freedom? You call yourself a volu- you can call yourself a voluntarist, but don't S all over the anarchist term. There's one more paragraph, but I'd just like to stop down for a moment here. We had a an extended conversation at the end of the show last night. Johnson, I don't know if you had a chance to hear this. I listened this. to it on the way up, so okay. I'm uh, well-versed. Uh, we had an extended conversation about how it is that I do not accept the uh, the label anarchist for myself. I may have in the past, uh, but the me that exists today does not. And uh, the reason that I, th- I thought I made it clear last night, and this email is clearly in response to last night's discussion, so... In case I didn't make it crystal clear, uh, the, the reason why I'm so afraid of being labeled as an anarchist, and to use his term, is because uh, of the connotation, the popular connotation of uh, of the term. You can stand there and say, and you know, chant as loudly as you you want, anarchists are peaceful, anarchists are peaceful, but it's not going to convince the majority of the people in this country that have only ever seen bomb-throwing, violent right. kids with uh, black masks and uh, bandanas on, throwing Molotovs, destroying storefront windows, and yelling and, and shouting and, and being generally ornery and, and nasty. Right. It, it's, it's tantamount to the idea of trying to convince people that buccaneers aren't pirates <laughs> they were the type of pirates that were good pirates i don't know i'm making things yes. up i don't know what buccaneers right. are versus pirates or anything like that but when you say the term pirate even though uh, you know people people know what a pirate might have been in history they are immediately going to be draw up the conclusion of the guy with the uh, skull and crossbones hat with the eye patch the, ba- yeah, the bird the, the, the uh the, the hooked hand peg and leg. the peg leg it's amazing that this invalid could get around at all but you know that's that's what they think of, and then you know they might go a little bit farther to uh, you know basically an armed robber on a boat, but you're never going to convince them that buccaneers were somehow you know these were these were the uh, the travel the these crossing guards of the Atlantic or whatever. It, it's you're just not going to convince them. Well, I actually disagree with both of you on this. Okay. Um, and the what reason why is I know that 
you you know last night's conversation you said that you didn't like the term anarchy because it meant no rules i believe that's the kind of that to me is the connotation of anarchy i think to a certain extent that's connotation however the real meaning is no rulers no rule i understand that um but i'm not here to try to convince people to change their understanding of what anarchy means. And I, I think that's I'm not a here problem. to fight that fight. And I think that's a problem. And here's why I think that's a problem. I think, in general, I've seen you and Mark, to a certain extent, backing down from language. And language controls thought. And if you can't stick with the words and the language that you use and gather a group of people together who can use certain language, you're never going to achieve any sort of state of like-mindedness. In other words, you're not going to really ever achieve... If people can keep stealing those ideas from you, how are you ever going to have a, a steady form of communication? It's almost like you're allowing the statists and the bureaucrats to just completely take your ability to communicate with one another away from you. You could make that same argument about the Libertarian Party if you wanted to. Oh, Ian, it's almost like you're allowing the statists to take the Libertarian Party away from you. I did make that you. argument to you a couple of days ago. Well, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's as asinine, in my opinion, because I have a very limited amount of time on my hands. I only have 24 hours in a day, and some of those have to be spent sleeping. So I don't want to spend any significant amount of time trying to convince people that oh no no the libertarian within the libertarian party that oh no this is supposed to be a principled party where uh they're only you know that there's a statement of a of principle and uh, you're not supposed to violate the non-aggression uh pact and uh, try to win the party back for liberty well, i could spend all kinds of time trying to do that and maybe you're right maybe eventually i would have success and the libertarian party would be returned to its once uh former prominence of being a party of principle or maybe not prominence. maybe Maybe, I think maybe I would spin my wheels and have absolutely no success whatsoever, and then years down the line, still be sitting and looking at a, a completely uh, just decrepit old uh, libertarian party that has been just taken over from the inside by the conservative movement and made made totally worthless. I think that's one way to look at it. I think that's one way you could look at it. And another way to look at it would be. We're all we're all people who believe in the market here. I think that there are other solutions for how you could maintain and say, I still believe that this is what this word means. I'm not going to give up that definition, but yet not spend a whole lot, long time talking about it. Instead, just talking about the definitions of the word, all, you know, all those words the same way. Anarchy and libertarian and voluntarist and free marketeer and agorism and all those different words, they all have slightly different connotations, but there is still an underlying principle of non-aggression and not using force against peaceful people. But that's, and that's your what you definition. really really need to bring but but that's what we're trying to talk about in general. I think regardless of what my definition is or what any definition is, the the underlying concept that we're trying to sell to people is that non-aggression principle. So no matter where they come so at... So why use a term that has been historically associated with people who are in initiating force? Well, It seems the, crazy to me. I don't think... Well, okay, I don't think libertarian has been historically associated with anarchist, people using force. Anarchist, not libertarian. I'm talking about anarchist, that term. That's what that issue here... Well, okay. The term anarchist. But I think if you... When have you not heard the term outside of our circles... When have you not heard the term anarchist, or when have you heard the term anarchist used in some way to describe anything other than some bomb-throwing maniacs? That's what it's used for. 
That's yeah. what it's used for. Every I would suggest that there are other anarchist groups other than the anarcho-capitalists, but... I would agree with you. Unfortunately, unfortunately and, some of the anarcho-syndicalists have absolutely zero respect for property rights, so but, they almost certainly fall into that crowd of people who are the bomb throwers and are the ones who try to gum up the works by doing things that really inconvenience others. So, so the term voluntarist is not associated with those people. And so that's why I will embrace the term voluntarist or consensualist or whatever, something that doesn't have all the baggage attached to it. I'm not interested in spending my time undoing the damage that has been done. I'll take a new term and move forward ahead with that. And if Glenn Beck wants to become a voluntarist and then start to corrupt that term, we'll come up with something else. I'd rather stay a few steps ahead than try right. to continually uh, defend uh, something that has become corrupted within the, the, the language. Whatever anarchy really means doesn't matter. What matters is what people think it means. More coming up. Free Talk Live. They say we're hated for our freedoms. Their solution? Take away our freedoms. Either you're with us or you're with the terrorists. They spend both your lives and your money with reckless abandon. We're out of money now. We're operating in deep deficits. One organization dares to dream of a world where nations compete for citizens instead of enslaving them. The Seasteading Institute is looking for pioneers to homestead the high seas and take civilization to the next level. Join the revolution at Seasteading org. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up whatever you want, toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and tonight it's Ian with you. And Johnson. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features there, and they're all free, including the chat room. You can go over to chat.freetalklive.com and... Chat with a bunch of, oh, I don't know who's in there tonight. So, sometimes there are some trolls. You never folks. know what you're going to get. Yeah, folks that are mostly listening to Free Talk Live. Chat.freetalklive.com. It is completely free like the rest of our website. Uh, also, John Paul Kirshner, the author of More of the Deadliest Men Who Ever Lived. Uh, you can join Paul Kirshner. That's the second time I've done that now. Uh, as he discusses some of the world's greatest warriors and what made them so deadly at paladinpodcast.com. You can also listen to other authors such as Lauren Christensen and sniping expert John Plaster talk about their latest titles. Visit Paladin Press, where you can browse more than 800 books and videos on self-defense, sniping, firearms, and more. Remember, that's paladinpress.com. Uh, we are talking about a discussion that has been brought back up by Ryan. He's he's upset at me. He's a, an anarchist, and he's very upset at the fact that I have, in his terms, taken an S on the term anarchist. And it was because of a conversation we had last night about why it is that I am not an anarchist, why it is that I do not accept that term for myself. I will not accept it as a synonym for voluntarist. I understand that. Somebody could say, and uh, the Wikipedia entry on voluntarism does claim that voluntarists are uh, anarchists, essentially, at, the, at their core. But I still don't agree that the, the term anarchy is in any way a positive term. I think it's, a, you know, it's a kind of one of those terms that says what I'm against, basically, instead of what I am for. I think that uh, defining oneself in, uh, oneself in a positive way is much more productive, uh, not only mentally for yourself, but productive in conversation and just in, in how you're perceived. I'm not anti-state. I'm pro-freedom. I'm not anarchist. I'm voluntarist. So what you're saying is that you're anarchist. You just won't say you. No, I am not anarchist because of the connotations. Because of the connotations of the term. Uh, because anarchist, uh, it, and I'm here on the Wikipedia article, and and right in the beginning it points out that anarchist can mean or anarchy rather can mean different things. Read that. No rulership or enforced authority. 
Absence of government, a state of lawlessness due to the absence or inefficiency of the supreme power political disorder. A social state in which there is no governing person or group of persons, but each individual has absolute liberty without the implication of disorder. Absence or non-recognition of authority and order in any given sphere. Society free from coercive authority of any kind is the goal of proponents of the political philosophy of anarchism. Uh, and, you know, it, it goes on from there. Right. So there's a general theme of lawlessness, which I am not for. Uh, I'm for the idea of private law. I think people should be able to set whatever rules or laws they want for their property, which well, would not make me an anarchist in that way. I don't believe in no rules or no rulers on my property. Here on my property, I am the king. But This is a benevolent dictatorship, and I am in charge here. <laughs> uh, look, I, I don't dispute your, your, your power on your property. What I'm... Uh... You have held my feet to the fire on uh, some, you know, recently for, you know, taking ter- taking to taking you to task for saying that uh, we should get rid of government because you define government as well the institutions that we've had up to this point and laws that we've had up to this point are only only there's no such thing as private law there's only government law. So you can't define law the way you want to define law as you're defining it right now if you don't let me define governance the way I want to define governance. Do you understand what I'm telling you? Uh, yeah, sort of understand what you're saying, but the term anarchy means without rulers. But you had just said you were just talking about lawlessness. Yeah, there's a connotation of, of lawlessness, Correct. and uh, I, th- I think there is such a thing as private law. Any kind of uh, what laws are just words written on paper, and so when you write down your own private rules, you've got private law, right? Government is just somebody who uh, you know uh, controls your, controls behavior, and if you sign a contract with someone, whoever's enforcing the contract is governing you. That's fine, Mark. I just don't think that, that I don't think that applies to anything that we've we've currently seen up and up until this point. And I, I, it's like it's another battle I don't want to fight. I don't want to try to fight to save the word government. If that's what you want to do, you know, you're welcome to it. I've always said you're welcome to have that term, Mark. I guess I just have a principled. Uh problem with avoiding something because of a connotation. I mean, when do we stop using the word porcupine because it has a connotation amongst some New Hampshire people that porcupines are troublemakers? Well, they've already started, um, you know, I I would already encourage people to stop using the term free stater (laughs) inside of New Hampshire. Right, free stater. I mean, that's... Yeah, I don't use the term free stater. I use the term liberty activist because I don't think free stater... First of all, it does have those connotations. But secondly, it's not that I'm going to hide that I am a Free State Project member and that I moved to New Hampshire in order to be an activist for liberty. But I am an activist for liberty first and foremost. And in that way, I'm no different from the activists who were already here, who were born here, or perhaps moved here prior to the Free State Project. So in that particular case, Johnson, it's a, it's a matter of better communicating the movement that's happening here. Because it's easy for the opposition to say, oh, a bunch of Free Staters. Well, that's not true. Right. Here in Keene, there are a bunch of free staters and a number of locals that have lived here their whole lives that have joined up with us and are, in my opinion, it's the the original Keeniacs that are some of the best, most effective, uh, most doer kind of activists out there. So it so using the term free staters is a little too narrow, I think. Yeah. For, I mean, I, I definitely support it. I think it's all about communication and what is most effective as far as communication is concerned. Well, clearly I mean, Ryan disagrees. He's got one more paragraph uh, I was here. just going to say, the yeah. only reason why I support – why I've ever even backed up supporting those other words is just because I also like the idea of getting a good portion of the way there with the fact that, again, on a word like libertarian, they've already been – 
a lot of people already have kind of an idea of what libertarian is all about. So while that could have negative connotations, in other words, they could have been miseducated as to what libertarian is all about. Mm -hmm. On another term, they might have some good ideas and associations that are sometimes good to write. Well, on. you can still you can still use whatever those positive associations might be by saying something like, "Well, at one time I would have considered myself a libertarian. However, I now uh, and then I found that this was a more uh, right. applicable term for me." So you can actually sort of harness uh, the positive feelings that somebody has for the term libertarian, and, and essentially say if they're calling themselves a libertarian, you can identify with them as kind of the sales salesman tacti- uh, tactic of feel felt found. Well, you know, once I felt the, uh, 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 oh no, I understand how you feel. I once felt the way that you do, in that I once considered myself a libertarian, but I found that voluntarism was a much more accurate definition of who I am because of these people like Glenn Beck or Neil Boards right. who have come in and, and poisoned the term uh, libertarian. They've done a lot to spread the term, but at the same time, they've also yeah, poisoned it. What good it. is that? You so, know, spreading a, a, a you know a false definition of libertarian. Well, I think if you use it to, if you harness it for your own purposes of redefining yourself based on what you were, you were a libertarian. I think you can actually benefit from the popularity of the right. term. Uh, so Ryan is still kind of upset. He says, "Well, if the this is the guy that uh, wrote in to chastise me for, in his terms." essing all over the anarchist term he says also if the free society is accomplished solely by education and peaceful means great but what if it can be helped along by violence against the criminal state perhaps a weakened state ready to be defeated will you not fight for freedom violence is not necessarily a bad thing aggression is as an anarcho-capitalist i believe in the non-aggression principle not the non-violence principle that sounds like pacifist wimp s pardon my french and he didn't say wimp either i hope you're not as cowardly as you sound on the radio so what if the fall of the state can be helped along by just a little bit of violence. What if you just cap a few cops when it's on the way out? That's what he's saying. Well, uh, I, I, you know, I don't think that it's it's difficult for me to imagine that good things come from violence. If you're if the state is going to fall due to violence, it is the people that are being violent that are going to take control of what is the the remaining apparatus of the state. That's how it has worked all along. The conquerors take control and they implement their form of government. Mm-hmm. Now, that conqueror, unless it's you, is not going to run the government the way you would like. And I will tell you that even if you get a principled, uh, you know, that a principled kind of guy there in the government, it seems to me that that kind of power is going to corrupt anyone. Also, if the state is already weakened, as he is suggesting here in his fantasy scenario, if the state's already weakened, well, I have to ask why. If you've managed to weaken the state without doing violence, and now you believe that you need to do violence in order to finish the job, well, wasn't what you were doing before effective enough to weaken the state to the point? Why don't you just keep doing what you were doing, which, of course, I advocate peaceful, nonviolent disobedience. We're coming up. This is Free Talk Live. You take control of the airwaves. Toll free at 800-259-9231. It's the SACL CAI toll free line. It is Ian here with you. And Johnson. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they are free. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. 
freetalklive.com. And if you enjoy this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Just enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. Whatever it is you need to buy, they likely sell it at Amazon. It's the world's largest Internet retailer. They even sell used items. So whenever you enter through amazon.freetalklive.com, we'll get a cut. That, again, is amazon.freetalklive.com. Just a, a couple more comments here on the, the whole anarchist thing. Somebody in the chat room suggesting that uh, Ian worries too much about what to call himself. Well, no, I don't worry about what to call myself. Uh, this is an email written to us. Yeah, I, I have. Well, it was written to me, but um, but it's an email chastising me because of what I've decided to call myself. I'm not calling myself an anarchist, so, you know, uh, Ryan's uh, angry at me because I've taken an S all over the term. And so it's it's conflict, you know, and talk radio feeds on conflict. So, uh, just a few more thoughts here. He is talking about how, it's interesting, in one paragraph of his email, he says that, why not show the masses that anarchy is simply nothing more than peace and freedom? Then in the next paragraph, he says, well, what if freedom can be helped along by violence against the uh, weakened state, ready to be defeated? Won't you fight for freedom? And then he you know, goes on to suggest that, uh, that we might be pacifist uh, wimps, basically. So in one t- uh, one paragraph he says he's peaceful, and I'm another still, paragraph I'm, I'm, I'm moving that direction of being a pacifist wimp. Yeah, uh, I, I still feel like it's appropriate to use violence to defend oneself, uh, as far as against a private criminal, but against the public criminals that call themselves government, I can't see any benefit to it at all. Yeah, I'm I, you know I'm sort of of the same opinion when it comes to a, a private criminal circumstance where you know somebody's invading one's home or something like that. I think yeah. that uh, that violence may be uh, the best may be the best choice of action to limit violence um, and uh, against innocent people. It seems to me that violence against uh, innocent people is worse than violence against people that are guilty of some crime. So therefore, I am would be willing to use violence against somebody guilty of a crime in order to prevent innocence. However, when you're talking about uh, that violence used against the government and the government's the criminals and all that other stuff, I don't think you go anywhere with that. I, you know, is there a time, a, a line in the sand when a, a man must pick up a, a weapon against the government that was his until that point? There probably is, but I don't, I don't think we're anywhere near it, and there's no point no. in discussing it. And yeah, I agree with you there, and I think that uh, that my solution to the government problem is is mass civil disobedience and non-cooperation, being wrenches in the gears of the violent system, uh, accepting their violence and turning the other cheek, and not lowering yourself to their level. I understand someone will say, "Well, you're not lowering yourself to their level. They're the ones that are aggressing." True, maybe you won't lower yourself to exactly their level, but I think you will lower yourself by responding to their violence with uh, with violence. So there are several reasons why I would. Not want to be associated with this uh, this particular term, but one of the reasons that I haven't covered is just sort of the attitude. And I understand the attitude because, as you said during the break, Mark, we were both there at one time, I and mean, we we both been very angry. We've both been uh, very violent. Uh, we've had violent rhetoric toward the state on this very show in in the past. Have you heard of that? Uh, the guy um, I can't remember his name. I wish I could, but uh, he's known for the Killdozer incident. Yes. So there was a five year anniversary of that just uh, like a week ago. Right, and uh, it kind of makes me think of that because I think that that's the mentality, and and it, to a certain extent, that guy got done the goals that he wanted to get done in that town through violence. Busted but, up the town hall. And but at the same department. time, it's like, well, then, but he's no longer living. 
And what happened to yeah. the government in that town? Right. Did they Just, go run home and uh, right. say, oh, we're gonna th- let's throw in the towel. No more of this government stuff. We might have another guy go crazy on we're us. A, I mean, everybody, they've, they've all figured out that we're a criminal gang. What about the guy that went in last year and iced the mayor and capped a couple of the city councilors at the council meeting? Did they shut down government at that point and say, oh, man, we're so scared. We're just not going to do this stuff anymore. No, I, you know, no. It's, it's, the, it's the dream of the, the survivalist type yeah. uh, that, you know, somehow you're going to... Take them out. Take out a, a few of them, and and then other people will see it, and the 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 banner will be raised, yeah. and and the revolution will begin. Right. And no. Didn't happen with Carl Draga. Didn't it's, happen. It's not, with it's not those happening. Guys. Sorry, it's not happening. Violence is not going to be the solution to this. Right. And and it's it, the violence has been the history of the world. Let's like, get to a peaceful evolution where you don't have to use violence to get uh, to get to the point of having the government go away. I'd like to make the, uh, the the comparison, if I may. I'm not a big advocate of civil disobedience. I think that some of it, uh, you know, is perpetrated by fools, and it looks silly in a lot of cases. I think there are a lot of fools in politics too. But I would like to compare civil disobedience as it has been practiced here in New Hampshire for the liberty movement versus those people who have been advocates for liberty who have been used more violent paths. Say mm-hmm. uh, Ed Brown used violent rhetoric. Uh, the, yeah. the gentleman with the killdozer. Uh, the the Carl Draga is a right. reasonable example. The guy who capped the city council people. All these were sort of the liberty type. Don't forget the guy who uh, killed the security guard at the Jewish memorial or whatever there. And uh, I don't know if he was liberty type. Liberty I don't know if any of them. I don't know. He, he filed some lawsuit against the Federal Reserve. All all these people are sort yeah, of in that arena. It wasn't for, for freedom. It was uh, it, something about he wanted his own monetary system. Or it, there was some sort of thing there where he in no way was filing a pro-freedom lawsuit. Okay. I'd also bet that a lot but, of these I'm people... Not with, I'm not done with the comparison. Um, in that comparison... Look at the success we've had here. There's been no success there in drawing people to pick up the banner and do anything that, um, you know, for yeah. liberty by using violence. But using civil disobedience here in New Hampshire, even though I am not one of those people, um, they have drawn many people to them. Mm-hmm. That's success. The other is failure. Absolutely. The other comparison to make on that, too, is that I would also bet that a lot of those people who did engage in violence uh, felt very alone. I sure. think that a lot of those people were ready to end their lives, and they did not have any sort of community structure or know that there were other people who believed it the same way that they did. Yeah, they may have been perceived as nice guys by their neighbors, but they probably didn't know them very well. Right. Basically. Uh, so, so it's kind of the attitude, and uh, the you know the, the the big I'm a tough, big, tough anarchist, and uh, anarchy is badass. Uh, that that kind of attitude. Right. It, it doesn't. It's just not where I am today, and I don't want to really kind of be in that camp with those kind of people, with the people with that kind of rhetoric of it, uh, you're a bunch of uh, p words, which it, I'm not going to say it because you know the FCC and all that. It but. seems to me, um, and you know, I've, I've I've toyed with the idea of calling myself an anarchist on this this show. I mean, some of my uh, some of my beliefs are pretty close, and so I've I've thought about it at times. And at those times, what I'm feeling is exactly what you're talking about. I'm you know I'm a tough guy. I'm a I'm a badass, and you you can't tell me. And the idea is to shock someone to get them to listen. It's a libertarian shocking, macho flash. It's shocking a- people to get them to listen to you is a is a bad idea. Yes, uh, and Michael Cloud talks about this in his uh, book. I think it's in his book, Libertarian. 
persuasion. Uh, he's got a tape set as well, which I listened to a long time ago. And he talks about the libertarian Macho Flash. And Walter Block did a uh, Macho Flash the other night here on the show. And, you know, he does that because he's an, he's an academic. He doesn't care about uh, persuading people. He's just an academic, and he's got his beliefs, and, and wearing it on his sleeves is what he's proud about. And that's what these anarchists are doing, too. Well, I'm an anarchist, and I'm a badass, and violence against us against the state, and whatever it takes, anarchy rules, whatever. Uh, just even saying you're an anarchist is a macho flash. It's it's designed to get people to be shocked. Uh, that's why it works well, I think, for Dale with his comic AnarchyInYourHead.com. That just makes more sense than voluntarism in your head. It just doesn't have, same, it just doesn't have the same uh, fl- flair to it, you know? Anarchy is shocking because it has that violent connotation because the bomb throwers are inherently attached to it. And one of the characters in his strip is the anarchy boogeyman. He's, yes. you know, pointing out that, in fact, you know, people are, uh, that the, the boogeyman is out there to scare people with this terminology. And that's, you know, that, that it's a joke. I'm going to throw another word in the mix. I like the uh, term consensualism. I do, too. I uh, <laughs> I think that makes sense. In fact, I, I'm kind of leaning toward liking that more than voluntarist, just because it's not as... I, I don't get it. It sounds like a Democrat to me. Consensualist? Yeah. Really? Because you're coming to cons- oh, consent. Consensus yeah. is what I'm hearing out of that. Consensus? Hmm. I don't know. Mm, oh, good point. I, I, I'm just, I, I hear consent. I don't know. Consensus and consent. But I also hear the word sensualism, so that's why I liked it. <laughs> so, so I think that a lot of the anarchist types, at least the the ones that are like Ryan with uh, you know calling us pacifist p p's p u s anyway uh, the whips yeah p whipped right ah. that word. Um, so the, you know they just they're not interested in persuasion. Um, and, and that's, that's what I'm interested in. I, I want to, if I'm going to pick a label for myself, I want a label that's not, doesn't have a bunch of baggage to where I can easily define my, uh, myself to somebody who asks, and I can work on persuading. If I accept the term anarchist, then I've got to do all kinds of undoing of damage before I can even get to the point of persuading somebody on, on the points of liberty. So the anarchists are still out there doing their macho flashing, and we're here trying to persuade. Uh, let's go to your calls. Dave Ridley is in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Dave. Dave Ridley. Was caught, uh, hey Dave there. Ridley was caught unprepared. Uh-oh. Well, that's okay, because we're going to give you a little bit of time to prepare. What happened briefly, and then we're going to put you on hold and talk to, uh, talk to you after the news. Yeah, I had yeah, an interesting uh, well, a series of interesting incidents today. I was at the State House for a lot of different rallies. Now, we used to have one pro-liberty rally every once in a while. Now we had like three or four in one day. Awesome. So I'll, I'll explain a little bit more what happened when Incidents. Come, when back, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Incidents with Dave Ridley. Uh, of course, you have a video camera, and that helps to have incidents happen to you. More on the way. Hour three coming up. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. On your feet! I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the U.S. military, reserves, or National Guard, you have special rights and privileges earned through your service to your country, including special VA loan programs not available to the general public. You could purchase a new home with no down payment or refi your home up to 100% of your home's equity. You've earned these benefits through your dedication and service. iFreedom Direct, a direct VA lender, can help you discover whether you and your property qualify. Get the details at varadio.com. That's varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. VARadio.com 
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial in toll-free as we launch here into the third hour of the program. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231, brought to you by SACL CAI 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Johnson. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We go right back into your phone calls. Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com is with us on the line from New Hampshire. Dave, you're back on Free Talk Live. So what happened to you today? Well, um, multiple things. But the most interesting one was that uh, I go to the State House. Basically, I'm covering all these different rallies. And, and after I'm done with all the actual rallies, you know, I hear, well, now it's time to go take some pictures inside the State House, you know. Okay. And so I, I just wanted to get some good shots of the Senate in session, the House in session. Um and uh, so uh, first I go up to the house. I go up to the house gallery with my tripod and my camera, and I walk in there, and I get, you know, I walk, you know, it's quite a hike upstairs to get to it, and then I walk all the way across the house gallery to get somewhere where I'm not in the way and mm-hmm. can take pictures. And um, uh, as soon as I get to the other side, uh, I look up, and there's this guy that looks like a bailiff or something, and he's like, uh, are you a reporter? And I'm like, Yes, and and I, I get I got my camera out and just started running it um, and aimed it at him, and he goes, "Well, um, you need to register." Huh? <laughs> I said, "What?" <laughs> he goes, "You need to sign in downstairs." Uh, and I'm like, "I, you're telling me that I have to pick everything back up and walk all the way back downstairs and then and register and come all the way back here before I can take any pictures up here?" He's like, yes. And I, uh, so I just uh, said, I started kind of stalling, you know, because I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Yeah. In fact, I said, I don't know what I want to do. Well, because you've been in there before. You. Said, Dave, are you, Dave you've been in there before, right? I mean, I've been there before, and I've never seen anything like that uh, happening. Well, in the house gallery, yeah, the gallery that, the you know, people sit and watch, mm-hmm. uh, I've never taken a tripod in there before. I've taken video off the shoulder before, basically. I've taken a tripod in, uh, and I haven't been there very many times, but I've taken the tripod in the actual house floor. I've been down there with a tripod before. No one said boo to me. Yeah. Well, but anyway, so I'm like, I said, well, uh, uh, what are you going to do if I don't go downstairs and, and, uh, and sign in? Are you going to arrest me? (laughs) Yeah. Well, no, I wouldn't arrest you, <laughs> of course. And I said, well, uh, who would arrest me? And he goes, well, I guess the state troopers would arrest you. And I'm like, mm. oh, well, uh, uh, and I look up, and there's state troopers coming. Wow. I'm like, oh, no. And um, uh, But they weren't coming for me. They came for him. They said, dude, no, uh, he doesn't have to do that. They're huh. like, Mr. Ridley, continue recording. Wow. Oh boy. Wow. How about that? Can you, now, Mr. I want, Ridley. <laughs> I want everyone to stop for a moment, everyone listening, and think, would this have happened in, in my your state, state house? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And uh, then the guy says, oh, and they talked to him a little bit about whatever the rules were. Like, mm-hmm. And he turned around and he goes, I'm sorry. I apologize. Holy wow. crap. Wow. <laughs> a government bureaucrat actually apologized? This is, are you, yeah. you is this April Fool's Day? I, I oh, I'm just kidding. This is not April Fool's Day. No, this is real, right. huh? Now, you've actually and, got uh, footage of all this, right, Dave? Yep. On, I think. I mean, I, I was rolling the camera, unless there's some kind of a head clog or something. It should okay. all be there. Okay. Well, 
So people I can look. At, I dubbed it earlier today, and I, but I was concentrating on editing a couple of more time-sensitive stories first. So, so, really so people will be able to see it eventually, not at the moment, but eventually at RidleyReport.com. You, you're not saying that right. You have to say it like Dave says it, like something like RidleyReport.com. <laughs> I'll leave that to Dave. He's got it down. So what else, Dave? Anything else you want to share about your experiences today? Oh, it was, just, it was all kinds of stuff today. Like there was a there was a rally in favor of marijuana, you know, medical marijuana. There was a rally against the state budget being too big. There was a rally against uh, a bunch of camp camping activists who had nothing to do with the free staters or libertarian activists. They're just people that camp uh, crowded all over. Um, well, and it wasn't a ton of those. There was probably fifteen or sixteen of those. Um, who were protesting against the proposed tax on campers. Wow. Uh, so it was uh, just all kinds of sort of, you know, either spontaneous pro-liberty stuff or there was, uh, you know, free stater related stuff. Or Well, if you um, want to get a good window to the world of what's happening here in New Hampshire, you hear us talk about it a lot on Free Talk Live to get a, a video feed of the activism. You should head over to RidleyReport.com. You are the man on the ground, and I, you're very prolific uh, in the movement, you're in a lot of places uh, doing some great work, Dave. Thank you for coming on the show and uh, give us an update tonight. Thank you for the call. 800-259-9231. I expect we'll be seeing him uh, this weekend at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. People have taken to calling them now Ridleyos. Yeah. yeah. In fact, they call themselves Ridleyographers because Dave Ridley actually gives training classes. He might be doing one at Porkfest. You can pay him 40 or 50 bucks, and you'll spend several hours with him, and he'll give you his expertise that he's learned over a lifetime of uh, being a videographer. And so uh, I took one of the classes from him, even though I'm kind of a self-taught person. I figured there were some things I could learn from a professional, and that 40 bucks is what he was charging at the time. It seemed like a hell of a deal. Mm-hmm. And indeed, I did pick up a few things from him, so well worth it. But some people have gone on, and they've launched their own YouTube channels, and they're essentially doing the same thing that, that Dave is. Uh, there's a guy down in Georgia that's uh, it's one of our actually one of our clients on the show that is doing something very similar. So I think it's great that, that he's out there helping people duplicate what it is that he's doing. Instead of keeping his secrets to himself, if you will, he's, he's out there sharing them with people and, and creating more of him, basically, which is cool. Uh, let's continue taking your calls about what you want. Uh, go to Chris in California. Chris, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Chris, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, yeah, yesterday, um, at the end of the show, after you guys were uh, sort of talking about anarchist labels, there was a, a little bit of an anarchy versus minarchy debate. And uh, in that debate, Mark employed the uh, ever-so-popular uh, argument from effect, or also known as the utilitarian argument. And uh, I, think it, I think it went something like, you know, without a state, uh, the, uh, society would uh, devolve into... Uh, chaos and uh, mass murder and whatnot. Well, he said, "What and, if it would?" Right. I didn't say that. I said, "What if we? Fa- what if you tried your little anarchist uh, government thing, and you found that it didn't result in more freedom for people? It didn't result in it re- resulted in lower, uh, you know, infant mortality rates, higher crime, and uh, you know, lower uh, income for the average individual. All these things. And at that point, would you then?" Uh, you know, advocate a small government over none. Right. Well, to me, that's kind of it's kind of irrelevant because it's it's kind of like me saying to you, uh, would you believe in the in the Easter Bunny if if you found out he existed? It's it's it, when all the evidence is to the contrary that it wouldn't work, that that, that the free market works everywhere else. Why is it that that 
in that certain area of security and, and dispute resolution that it, that it wouldn't work. Just fear. Just, it's just it's just fear on their part. I know you're asking Mark. So go ahead, Mark. I you know I I the thing is is that you it's a it's a hypothesis you have. There has been no testing. There is no empirical data. So I mean you have bits of empirical data in that the free market has worked inside of a uh, governmental system here or there. And we also have bits of empirical data that show that millions of people were murdered by governments in the twenty you know twentieth century alone. Certainly we have those bits of uh, empirical data, no doubt. Sure. So we've got yeah, data. You're you're. You're a minutist, though. You're 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 saying that we we shouldn't have no state for that reason, for that very reason. So you're the one who's making the argument for it. What do you mean? So, so coming up with hypotheticals, it's it's like, well, what's the point? I'm sorry, I, I'm I'm a little lost on your question. Can you rephrase that? Um. Well, I. I I, just, I don't understand, like, wh- why, what's the point of asking hypotheticals? I mean, if, 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 are you for the state or are you not for the state? The reason that I'm asking the hypotheticals is to show my partner's, uh, you know, adherence to the principles of liberty to the point of the destruction of the entire planet. It's insane. You're, you're yeah, just mad. You're is. a madman. <laughs> <laughs> you are I, a madman. I, look, I only the, want a the government, governmental going to be destroyed. system that works. The planet's going to be destroyed. You want freedom at all costs. And that's the line that separates you and I, my friend. Yeah, what I want is for people to not aggress against their neighbor, and uh, you're saying all costs, the world's going to blow up, everything's going to die. I'm not saying die. any of those things. I yeah, said that's, but you're, that's what you're insinuating. You're I, insinuating I, that that's even a possibility, and by all empirical data, it is absolutely not. Thank you, Chris, for the call. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You bring up anything, and that's what you minarchists have to rely on is just fear, just abject fear. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Johnson. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. And those features include live streams. We've got a broadband version of the show, dial-up version, and a webcam. And they're all free at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. You think about starting a business. Here's a word to the wise. Incorporate at LegalZoom.com. Incorporation can help protect you against frivolous lawsuits that could wipe you out. LegalZoom.com is fast and easy. I've done it myself. It is fast and easy. Cheap, too. They do all kinds of legal documents, patents, wills, trademarks. Use code FTL to save $10 off your order. It's LegalZoom.com. Yes, code FTL. Code code FTL. (laughs) Get cozy with FTL. All right, so we're going to continue with the calls here, uh, but Johnson, I think you wanted to jump into this conversation sure. that we're having about Mark's yeah. uh, scary scenario of, well, what if without the government's authoritarian government, there would be uh, chaos and uh, people be killed in the streets and uh, little girls raped in public and well, you, know, you all called kinds it, of... You called it before hell on earth, which I thought was pretty apropos, considering it's the same exact argument that is used in certain religions, which is the hell argument. It's the argument from fear to prevent you from actually examining evidence. In other words, 
you have to be afraid, so don't look, don't think for yourself, don't engage in free thought and actually go out and find that data and evidence, and don't experiment and try something new. No, be afraid instead. Be afraid and, and follow this thing, follow the status quo. That's not what I said at all. I said if it was tried. That means that, that, that somebody had the bravery to try the no governance, and it's peaceful anarchy scenario, whatever it is, whatever you want to call it, and it failed. And I'm just saying, what if? And in that what if scenario, I asked my co-host Ian here whether he would then change support his aggression. Opinion. Whether I would then support aggression. Right. That's kind of a pointless no. that's kind of a pointless scenario though, isn't it? I mean, I think that that's the major saying... fear of everyone who uh que- you know, all small government libertarians who question uh the the premise of the no government scenario. Because if it doesn't work then what you're asking is really pretty irrelevant because Ian will become irrelevant if he doesn't support it at that point because the market if if you know by our current belief system the market would take over. So uh, I think that if, 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 I mean, current, if currently people, the market has spoken and people do want, by and large, want a government. They would like one that is not corrupt and it seems unlikely that there can be such a thing. They would like one that doesn't aggress against them and, uh, the, you know, take the, their money without due cause. I have a, and absolutely disagree with that. I think the market is speaking because the, we're moving towards freedom. Whereas historically, if you look at history and throughout time, uh, we've human society has been ruled by large governments, kings, monarchies, disgusting amounts of violence throughout all of history, with people being dismembered in horrible, awful ways. Well, th- and those, we're just starting to get away from that. Those governments weren't large; they were unjust because a king didn't have that many men. If you compare the size of the United States government to a monarchy in the past, or even a monarchy existing today, you will agree that per person there are far more government employees today in the United States than there are elsewhere. It's just that our government is more just. I guess. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. Um, What I do know is that our violence as a society, and well, I... Maybe not violence. I think maybe maybe overall we may be a more violent society, or at least we certainly use a lot of force. But I think the uh, level of atrocity of the force used is way less than his, than it has been ever in history. Well, we've, we've got so many things now that, that help us with that. I mean, for instance, right. as uh, Judge Napolitano said, the camera is the new gun. Uh, having video cameras and audio recording devices at hand, you were just showing off uh, during the break that you've got a, a Quick.com enabled iPhone now to where you can go and, and stream it's live. It's not there it's yet. Not quick? No, not, squi- not Quick enabled because it's, oh, okay. I don't know. I, mean, I, maybe, I might not live. know how to do that. Okay, well, I can upload to YouTube <laughs> from there, my phone. There right are now. quicks for the iPhone, and maybe you have to crack it or something like. Yeah, that. I don't want to do that though. I see. <laughs> well, I anyway. looked into it. I looked into it the other day, but I don't know if I can do it yet. More people are arming up with right. video devices, and as we've talked about before, having that camera. Uh, recording what the government bureaucrats do affects their behavior because they know in some deep dark. Uh, level of their blackened heart uh, that what they're it's doing just, is just wrong. It, it's vilification, and it doesn't make any sense. Most people who work for the government are not evil, and they don't know what but they're they doing. But they know that is something aggressive. is wrong about what they're doing. Otherwise, they would be proud to be seen doing it on camera. There's something there, whether they're conscious of it or not. I can't say. I'd say most of them probably are completely unconscious of it, and they believe that uh, what they're doing is right. They might that's be camera shy. Right. Remember, the the biggest fear of people is uh, the the number one fear is public speaking. 
a lot of yeah. people don't want to be recorded well, for that very reason. I don't care what they what their reasons are. The the fact is they change their behavior because of it. They absolutely and do. And so it's that public. Uh, you know, the the printing press made a big difference in the way governments uh, behaved, and similarly, the video cameras made a big difference. And now access to the internet with video cameras is going to make an even an even bigger difference. Plus, having activists around who actually care about what's happening to other people is also going to make a, a difference. Let's go to your phone calls and talk to Paul in California. You are on Free Talk Live. Hello, Paul. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Oh, I wanted to ask Mark a question. I was wondering uh, if we try this minarchy thing and say <laughs> it inevitably led to a lot of abuse of power and, uh, you know, the government basically controlling a lot of people's personal lives as well as their finances and kind of invading really? a lot of countries around the world. If he'd give up on this crazy idea of giving some people the power to initiate violence. Um, if we if we got to try minarchy that, that to me uh, seemed adequate, where the, uh, the the laws were written in such a manner that politicians were actually supposed to be punished uh, for yes, their abuses, the fantasy of like the politician, <laughs> the fantasy of the minarchist, just put me and my buddies in charge and we'll do it right. And uh, the, the, I, I thought uh, I thought that you liked the uh, the. Uh, uh, Articles of Confederation. Yeah, well, I do. I I like the idea of a, a decentralized federal government, but you know, having read them more thoroughly, you know, they just allowed for a, a lot more tyranny. Think about the think about for a second the 18th century when they were still uh, abusing people for their religious beliefs. They were enslaving people. I mean, you know, it wasn't really the time or place. I don't think that you would presuppose that uh, that you know, a, no government involvement would have worked at a at a time like that. Do you? No, I mean, I think that uh, the, the goal is to stop the initiation of violence, and it's no better when that's done privately than by government. I mean, if you have a Somalia, that's not, it's not better because there's not one central government. It's just as bad if a bunch of individuals do it. So I concur. The idea is to get rid of it in all its forms, not just government. I, I agree. And, and that's why I say that in order to have a voluntary society, we'll have to get there through a paradigm shift where people come to the, their conclusions on their own that this is something that's desirable. If people don't come to that conclusion, if they continue to hold on to uh, the idea that a, an authoritarian state is necessary, we'll never even get to that point. The conclu- the, and, and to answer your question, I would like to. If the state was designed the way I thought that it <laughs> should be, and that's what, that's the, that is the scenario that I gave Ian last night if the state was designed the way he thought that it should be and it turned out that my plan didn't work i absolutely positively would advocate for something different so you really dead, think though. that if the articles of confederation were written up somewhat differently that the people that had the power would not have been able to write the constitution and continue the abuses that happened that if we had the right things written down it would have been completely different <laughs> uh, yes i do Fantasyland. Thank you for the call. Great points. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. Mark, you'll never get to that point because for, to, to even get to that point, you'll have to battle with You're all the other politicos. I won't get to the government that I want. <laughs> yeah. More on the way here. It's Free Talk Live. Alakees.com is a community for self-learners. At Alakees, you'll find tools to help you connect with people learning the same things you're learning tutor other community members, and to make contacts that can help you find jobs. You can also earn money by sharing your know-how with others and contributing quality content. Visit alekees at a-l-e-k-e-s-e dot com. Again, that's a-l-e-k-e-s-e dot com. 
This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up what you want. Just dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and tonight it's Ian here with you. And Johnson. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features we give to you. So enjoy those, including updates. You get signed up, we'll keep you in the loop. Whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live, just go to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list for free. That's updates dot freetalklive.com coming up starting tomorrow actually it probably started on sunday but officially it starts tomorrow it's the porcupine freedom festival that's when we are going to be attending uh, thursday through sunday this weekend it is going to be the place to be if you love freedom if liberty is important to you in your life you should be around other people of like mind. That's what's going to be happening all weekend. Hundreds of people, I believe over 400 people are currently uh, registered. That means that there may be as many as 500 showing up, uh, perhaps throughout the weekend, maybe more than that, uh, that just you know did not register in advance. But the, uh, the event is put on by the Free State Project, which of course is an organization designed to move as many liberty-minded people to New Hampshire in order to uh, get them to be activists for freedom. And the Porcupine Freedom Festival is a one of their two, two yearly events that they put on uh, where people gather together at uh, campground. This time it's going to be in Lancaster, New Hampshire, up in the northern part of the state. People are going to be enjoying one another's company. There'll be some panel discussions. I know the guys from MotorhomeDiaries.com, uh, they're going to be having a discussion about what they're doing. Our co-host Sam is doing the closing speech on Sunday. Uh, there are all kinds of events and activities going on. Lots of families are there. Single people are there. Uh, couples, it's a great time. All kinds of you know, bonfires, music. I think there are going to be several live bands uh, this time around. Quaker meeting on Sunday. A Quaker meeting, an atheist meeting, a Christian Mm -hmm. meeting. Uh, There's all kinds of uh, activities happening. You can go to porkfest.com. You can uh, read about what the itinerary is. You can get signed up. Although at this point, it may be difficult to find a place to camp because I believe the entire campground is sold out. That's not to say that you wouldn't be able to share a tent with somebody or share a campsite with somebody. I'm sure. Those options will likely be present for you, but you'll have to figure that out on your own on the ground. It's not too late to come to Porkfest. Uh, Porkfest.com. That's Porkfest with a C. Porkfest.com. We will see you there. Uh, Let's talk to Tom listening to WVTS in West Virginia. Hello, Tom. Hey guys, this is Tom the Neocon. Hey Tom, what's on your mind tonight? I just, uh, I, I, I've been listening to a lot of the um, the theories and the ideas about uh, freedom and liberty and minarchist versus anarchist. Yeah, and... how do you feel about all that? I mean, from your your perspective outside of the debate. <laughs> I would like to implore all the minarchists and all the anarchists and libertarians and 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 what not to stay in their communities and try to make their own towns better stay involved try to get involved and do the best they can to try to keep our country in a limited government that's what i would like to implore that everyone. figures that I, you would do that as a as a neocon that you would attempt to uh, to sabotage the the liberty movement in such a way absolutely Luckily, not no I you don't think that's sabotage it at all no he he's stated no, before he's, like for small, he's for small government and i well then know. he's not a neocon well, I, if you're small he, it's a term he decides to well, use. I'm a neocon in the sense that I believe that the United States should have a role in the world to Kill brown hopefully people. not be aggressive, but to be to spread democracy. So in that way, yeah. I am a neocon. I am a flag-waving, hot-dog-eating. <laughs> so you believe in democracy? You don't yeah. believe in a constitutional republic? I believe that the Constitution has been stretched so much now that we have to live in the real world, and the real world says that... Uh, aggression comes from all over the all all across the spectrum. So instead the of a, 
a constitutional republic, what we should have is just majority rule. Out, out yeah. and out majority rule. He's a neocon. I believe in majority rule. And I believe that people should stay in their communities and try to make this country better instead of this utopian idea of breaking away and, and trying to start something that's eventually going to fail. You know, and that's it's, my, it, that's it's in a my real, heart. Tom, I, it's a I real fin- wanna... finger in the dike kind of solution because the fact is um, there was a time when the, the majority of people believed that black people should be owned by white people. There was a time in history when the majority of people believed that Indians were savages and good for nothing but killing. And but what does that have to do with right now? It, it mean, has I, everything to do with it right, right, right. now that the, the majority of people believe that they can subjugate the minority of people, whether those people are pot smokers or taxpayers that don't wish to pay taxes or, you know, whatever. You, you, you take your, your group label. The majority of people believe that they can subjugate those people and that it's right. Be- the same way that, that, is the, that, that okay, people believe okay. that it was okay and okay to own black people, and they were wrong. The people believe that they can subjugate the minority for the will of the majority. Those people are believing they believe believe something that is evil. Well, the past has not been good for certain forms of government. I must tell you that. I mean, uh, I don't see anybody advocating a kingdom, uh, you know, a monarchy anymore. I don't see anybody advocating a democratic. Well, I should say I would advocate a monarchy. I, I would advocate a monarchy over democracy. I would not. I think you could have a, a monarch that was far more benevolent than uh, the the mob, than essentially a mob of people. I mean, as this far as comparing the, the two of those. This is from the heart. Right here, let me tell you something yes, from sir. the heart, and I'll right. shut up. And the heart of the neocon. From the heart of the neocon. The heart says that I understand all of the theories and the, and the ideas of non-government and government and aggression. I understand. I get what you're saying. Believe me, I understand 100% about the differences between all of that. And I know that, that you know, we're all trying to find that, that perfect way to govern ourselves and society and to, or non-govern ourselves. But the thing is, is that the real world is right here in front of us. Mm-hmm. And if people in their own communities would try to work hard to limit government and I know it's a battle. I think that that's better than trying to advocate leaving the union to form something that I believe is going to fail. I don't want it to fail because I believe in freedom. How could I, uh, how could a state that declares independence fail? What do you what, what would you define as failure? I mean, immediately are the the so-called citizens, the people living in that area, would be free of all of the strictures and the regulations, uh, which are very very costly to abide by, uh, for their businesses and for their personal life. Uh, they would be free of taxation as far as the federal government is concerned. You wouldn't have to pay income tax. Uh, anymore. You wouldn't have to pay the self, the federal cell phone tax. None of those things you'd have to pay. So there'd be a tremendous uh, boost to the economy as a result of uh, declaring independence and cutting off ties with the federal government. Exactly what parameters would you define as failure? Well, there's lots of people that agree with exactly what you're saying right there. And they're in the trenches right now within the system that we have trying to make that happen. And I know... Trying doesn't count. You either do it or you don't. And the fact is, they haven't been getting anything done toward making government any smaller. The history of government in this, in this country and around the world is, uh, is increase it until it falls and collapses in upon itself. And that seems to be the, the general way things go. And so hopefully the collapse will come sooner rather than later. And then what are you going to do, Tom? What happens when the federal government, your precious federal government, uh, just implodes from its own weight? Then I'll either probably uh, continue to try to 
try and try and try or either that or get my new my new Hampshire license played out. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> See, I you know, the the term uh neocon that Tom uses, I I I guess could have been applied to me at one point because I did believe in sort of foreign inv- interventionism. Mm-hmm. I believe that if if I am, I'm closer to you. Your name's Ian, right? Is this is Mark. Mark this is, is talking. Mark. I have the, the Mark, deep resonant the tones. I, you, I'm closer to you probably than I am with uh, with Ian when <laughs> All it comes people to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, um, you know, at one point I believed that well, if somebody's going to be the superpower in the world, it might as well be the United States. They have been a more benevolent superpower than most superpowers have been up to this point. And I'll, it, it's it, what I think. I think they have. I think that you, I, I can what make a case for What about bombing Japan? Uh, what about putting people in internment camps? I mean, well, I, come on, camps are nothing new, man. I believe the government does have a purpose, though, and I think that yes, is the difference. To extract money by a threat of force and lord over people. <laughs> I think that, you say force, I say farce. I mean, you know, whatever. Tomato, tomato. I think if you take Japan out of the scenario, and most people that believe in foreign interventionism do, they just don't. They don't imagine the whole bombing of Hiroshima. That was a you know, it was Nagasaki. A, it was an act of. Yeah. It I know, it's easy that was to forget all those things. Necessary. You, know, you say force, I say farce. You say routine traffic stop, I say taser to the neck. You know, <laughs> civil war can't leave. Don't leave that one out of the discussion, there, Mark. Hey, thanks for oh, the call, Neocon. I appreciate hearing he from you. He was just confused. Most Neocons would not believe in democracy over a constitutional republic. Oh, yes, they would. Oh, yes, I don't they necessarily would. agree with they, that. George, I don't think that's true at all. George Bush was a Neocon. He wanted to spread democracy, and all those Neocons cheered him on for that. I don't know about that. They probably would embrace the, the term republic personally, but they, they want the rest of the world to have democracy. More on the way. You bring up anything. Only moments remain. Enough time for your call. Free talk live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain enough time for your call at 800-259-9231. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Johnson. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Plus, if you want to help support the show, you can learn how to promote us by going to promote dot freetalklive.com that is promote dot freetalklive.com whole list of things that you can do there uh, to help get this show on more stations and get more internet listeners on board with the program as well all right toll free 800-259-9231 so any other comments on this uh, discussion we've been having uh, that's been all over the place otherwise i've got an email i want to get to let's go to the email yeah from oh i can't say his name from anonymous police training officer, mm-hmm. guy who does police training for a living, who is actually going to quit doing police training because he's so frustrated with the quality of the recruits that he's been dealing with over the more, more recent years, in the last decade or 15 years. He says that the quality of the recruits have, have just been going down and down and down. Category four. <laughs> yeah, what, what is that? Like the That's worst? like the military, the, uh, the real dumb dumbs. The dumb dumbs, right. So it's like that, except uh, you know, these are people that are, at least in the military, you're just getting people that kind of want to get their uh, their college paid for, mm-hmm. get an easy job, and not have to pay rent, stuff like that. You'll get that level person in the military, whereas with the police, you are absolutely getting people who are in search of power. You're right. getting people that want to, and yes, I know, I have to always throw in the caveat, there are still some good guys that get in. Uh, but this particular guy, this uh, police trainer has told me he believes that it's one out of ten at best that are the good guys, that nine out of ten are cowards and dangerous and crazy. Uh, so I'm just going to Those share. are the words of a police trainer uh, and not 
Free Talk Live, right? Well, I mean, that, those are his. <laughs> I'm going to read his words right now. I'm, okay. I was summarizing my understanding of what he had told me because I have met this gentleman and he is uh, he's the real deal. Oh so yes, he's, yes. <laughs> he's he is the real deal. I saw I met him too, and I you know like his back is the ramrod straight, and you mm-hmm. know he's got the short haircut, definitely uh, short yeah. around the ears, and it's, it's short on top too. Uh, he, he showed me pictures too. He, he looks, he, he's got the the big calloused hands. He looks like a guy that could just grab me and crush He'll my spine you. if he wanted to. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. This guy is so legit. So he said he wanted to set the record straight. He emails me to to uh, say. You know, ask me for some questions because I didn't want to have him on the show. I, I could probably jury rig some kind of um, way to change his voice and, and get him on the air in that way. But I figured, well, I'll just ask the questions over email, and then he can type out his answers, and we'll share them with you. Uh, so he's so he said he wanted to set the record straight about the police. So I said, well, what are your qualifications to speak on the topic without getting too specific? Obviously, I don't want him to identify himself. He says, well, I don't know that I'm qualified, so I'll let you decide. I've trained hundreds of police officers over a period of more than a decade. Among these were police trainees, correctional officer trainees, veteran police officers, including individuals and groups, tactical SWAT team trainees, and veteran tactical team members, including individuals and groups. My second question for him was, what's wrong with the record in the first place? As, as far as he wanted to set the record straight. So what's wrong with the record in the first place? And then please set it straight for us. Number two, uh, his answer to the question, if I hear the statement that most officers took the job because they want to help people one more time, I'll probably vomit. I have questioned many officers and trainees about this very issue. Many have confided in me that they applied for one or more of the following reasons. A. They are military veterans, and they like the structure, uniforms, rank, etc. I think they do. I really, uh, I, you know, I was in prison for nine years, and there are a lot of military guys that go basically into the correctional system right after the military. They, you know, for whatever reason, they didn't like the military, which just tells me something right there about the military and the way it does things. And they, but they like the idea of being living in the civilian life, but having the the structure and the relatively simple work and uh, you know the the relatively good. Pay so take this to heart, though, Mark, because you're one of the people that has, has said in the past that you believe that most officers took the job for the right reasons. B, they have no other job prospects. This is the same reason that many of them give for enlisting in the military in the first place. Well, they have other job prospects. They just they aren't as enticing as the... The, the Bennies. The, the, yeah, you know. Um, when you, Which, that your, one's coming up. Your choice is between working at McDonald's, and I think McDonald's is a great job, and it provides yeah. you with a uniform, and there is a ranking system. <laughs> but <laughs> I think it's a great job, and uh, that you'll be, do far better if you're a good worker. But if you're a crappy worker, and you yeah. think that, uh, well, I just like... Uh, I'd I think I'd like more self-discipline. The military is not going to provide you with self-discipline. Look at all the people that smoke that are in the military. I think it's a larger percentage of people in the military that smoke than people that aren't. That what The military provides self-discipline? C. It looks like an easier, fun job. Remember, these are things yep. he's actually heard from the recruits. D. They are combat veterans and they enjoy kicking indoors, pushing people around, etc. It's what they got to do in Iraq, and now they get to do it when they come here. Oh, and by the way, the military guys do get uh, kind of like a preference when they apply to police departments. Mm. It's pretty much a guarantee. Not every police department, but, you know, most. D. Oh, excuse me, I already did D. E. Their father slash brother slash uncle is a cop. F. The pay and benefits are great. And he says this is a true statement. 
G, their father slash brother slash uncle got them the job. Nepotism is the rule, he says, not the exception. In my honest opinion, many of the worst officers are relatives of high-ranking cops. Imagine a scenario where you're a police chief and your wife keeps bugging you to hire her loser nephew because he can't hold a job. This is more common than people want to believe. And imagine you're the guy who's there uh, trying to do a good job, who's the one who's is trying to uphold the Constitution, and you are a stellar performer in the police work, and you're up against, when it comes to promotion time, the loser nephew. And mm. I'll tell you, it happens all the time that the loser nephew gets the gets the promotion, and the guy who did a good is there is bitter. And this is yet another way that the the police departments lose the good, the good guys, guys quit, yeah. and the crap rises to the top. By the way, anybody who's been questioning the idea of whether or not we should have uh, competing police forces, pay attention. Yeah. Uh, finally, H. They love some movie or TV show like Cops, The Badge, or SWAT. I find it interesting that they always identify with some badge-heavy asshole rather than a kindly peace officer like Andy Griffith. I sincerely hope that's a quote. That is an exact quote. Badge-heavy is one of the, uh, the terms we've it's been described on the show before, but in case you never heard it, it's somebody who, you know, they've got the badge on, so they've got the attitude of, I can do anything, and I'm a tough guy, and this and that. So when they say, well, my favorite show is the, uh, you know, the badge or SWAT, they, uh, they identify with the, the, you know, the badge-heavy character on that <laughs> show. They want to be the tough. And they really come off more like a hot fuzz. <laughs> never seen it, but it looks funny. Uh, if the men who became cops or who become cops really wanted to help people, then they could volunteer to dish out soup to homeless people or to cut grass for elderly shut-ins. It's not about helping people. It's about ego, power, and the ability to do nearly anything without consequence. So if you've got a question, perhaps a follow-up. Remember, he's an expert. He's trained a lot of cops over the last decade or so. What I would suggest is perhaps start a thread over on the BBS, Free Talk Live BBS, and start asking questions in that thread. And then maybe what I'll do is I'll uh, bring that tr thread to my attention, and or maybe I'll just start the thread here in a moment after the show. I'll start the thread. You guys can respond to it at bbs.freetalklive.com, and then I'll just send all of the questions to him, and he can choose which ones he you know he wants to, to answer. And then we'll get some more information from the inside of the world of policing. In the meantime, we go to your calls. Jeremy calling from the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Finally, uh, we get a uh, Porkfest update. Jeremy, you're on Free Talk Live. FTL's here. You are here, Jeremy. Hi. Right now, I'm uh, actually in New Hampshire. We've been here since Tuesday. Excellent. And there are some really cool people that I'm meeting for the first time. Right, is this your first time in New Hampshire? Point of information. I'm sorry? Is this your first time in New Hampshire? No, no. I've actually I went to Keene. Oh, okay. Um, last uh, this past March, and I've been to Manchester multiple times during the Ron Paul campaign. So you're meeting but cool people that you didn't meet before. Really ought to come because this is the coolest group of people that you'll meet. Awesome. So what's happening right now? Um, well, right now we're uh, sitting around a campfire, and um, people are drinking, and it's a good time. Excellent. I'm sure there's a little more than that actually happening. Uh, perhaps you, uh, you you can't tell us everything that's going on, uh, but there will be more happening. Of course, as more people arrive tomorrow, the uh, the festivities begin officially. A lot more people are going to be showing up. Johnson, you're heading there after the show tonight. You'll be arriving late uh, tonight, 
And uh, okay. Mark and I, we're leaving tomorrow morning. It's uh, probably around noon tomorrow, so we'll get there sometime tomorrow afternoon. We'll set up for our live show, and we'll do three shows, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night. Looking forward to hanging out with everybody there. It's a great time. Is this your per- uh, your first Porcupine Freedom Festival, Jeremy? Jeremy's just having too much fun. Yeah. <laughs> the question. Is this your first Pork Fest? Yes, this is my first Pork Fest. I went to Liberty Forum. Excellent. And this is uh, even better. Oh, that's awesome. Well, glad you're enjoying it, so, and thank you for the call tonight. Uh, check in. I'm Appreciate looking that. forward to seeing a lot of the friends that I've met at uh, previous Pork Fests and, and Liberty Forums. Yep. All right, so we'll be there tomorrow. Uh, this is our last live show from this studio all weekend or all week long. We'll be live from the Porcupine Freedom Festival. See you tomorrow online at freetalklive.com. Get on the ground, mother... You and your spouse are going to jail and your kids are going to Child Protective Services. You're busted for possession of marijuana. Possession of marijuana. Possession of marijuana. Hi, I'm Barry Cooper, ex-narcotics officer trained by the DEA. My DVD, Never Get Busted, has recently received world attention. I switched sides and I'm now touring America with the message to end this war on people that has been labeled the war on drugs. Go to Barry's website, NeverGetBusted.com, and order your DVD to Never Get Busted. On it, I'll teach you secret drug enforcement tactics and how to avoid narcotics profiling, how to conceal your stash, and I'll teach you how to fool drug dogs every time. I'll teach you how police know when you're lying. You'll get to go on patrol with me and watch actual marijuana arrest on the highway and learn the mistakes citizens made that landed them in jail. Go to NeverGetBusted.com and arm yourself with the information you need so you'll never have to hear these words. Get on the ground, mother... You and your spouse are going to jail and your kids are going to jail. Log on to NeverGetBusted.com.